As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're going to hear me thank a lot of people this episode, but first and foremost, I wanted to thank all of you. This is episode 100, and I'm not going to cry. I cry too much. You, you get the tears. Don't worry. But this show would not have made it this far without you guys supporting the show and making it possible. I'm blown away by how many of you there are. I'm in awe that week after week you tune in and you love the show and you love all of us. You guys mean the world to me and I'm so, so grateful for each and every one of you. We've really created an amazing, inclusive community that, yeah, we share hot takes and we slip up from time to time, but we grow and we learn together. And it's, it's really, really amazing to be a part of. So thank you again for all the love. I I see it. I feel it. We all do. We all we all appreciate the support. And before before we really get into things, I just want to let you guys know that Justin has started his own podcast. It's called Cracking the Copyright. It's an amazing show geared towards music and really giving you an insight into his career and what he's doing. And I mean, he created this amazing song that you're about to hear. So it's worth checking out. And my brother and Amy's show, it's coming too. So don't worry. It's a family requirement that you have a podcast at this point. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? But thank you guys. I, I couldn't do this without you. Let's dive in. ready? That's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I'm just not even, I feel like you just take it away. This is episode 100. And yeah. This is your time to shine and be the host. Uh, Except I do have a gift for you. Uh -oh. To loosen you up a little bit. Okay. A little shot right okay. here. Right, right there. Thank right there you. for you. And uh, while you're enjoying your shot, do you remember when we used to chase with compliments? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I have some nice compliments for you while we, Aww. while you take your shot. Okay. Um, so I went on Instagram in honor of episode 100, and I said, what's been your favorite Lauren Rolfe moment on the podcast? Impossible to pick one. Lauren is chef's kiss. All of them. Her slipping out under the table to pee during the live show. Anytime she's on the show. The money episode is one of my faves, though. Aww. 
not from a pod episode, but she was so genuinely sweet when I met her at the live show. So many. Lauren is my favorite (laughs) co-host. Every moment. Another slide under the table at the live show. (laughs) Any episode she's on. Can't pinpoint a specific, but I love how she always tries to see both sides and offers empathy. Don't have a favorite. Just love when she's on. Too many to count. We love Lauren. (laughs) Not a moment, but I just love her and how humble she is. She seems to have supportive sister friend vibes. Her reactions to spooky stories are hilarious, but also I just love her empathetic approach. Her reaction to the, I want to break up my wife because she has cancer story. That was, that one was was, insane. Yeah, that was fucked up. When she thought a fruit fly was an orb in one of the spooky (laughs) episodes. Still convinced. When she repeats words slowly and then cracks up. (laughs) (laughs) Do do I do that? I guess. (laughs) everything we love lauren her laugh when she gets nervous often when she simply exists oh everything we love her so much why am i gonna cry over these so same what the hell guys you're so sweet um i honestly just love her she's so genuine and never afraid to change her mind i'm literally tearing up (laughs) stop i worked really hard on this makeup today (laughs) Oh, I even did like a little cute orange eyeshadow under. It's like, really cute. I, thank you. Her reaction to the story about the mom who told her sons she'd wish she'd never given birth to them. BRB while I go rewatch all of her episodes. Oh. All of them. Lauren is my fave. Everything. <laughs> She's my favorite co host. I don't know if I have one. Her laugh is great and she gives such amazing vibes. Every time she laughs, it's contagious. These are all like, I mean, I'm scrolling, Lauren. You had so, so many people respond. So thank you guys for thank you guys so much participating. Um, the last one. Well, it's one of the first ones that came in, actually. Her reaction to every poop story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, that's like one thing that doesn't make I don't know why but for some reason we talk about poop stories like love poop stories they don't freak me out for some reason it's the visuals that do oh well I'll try to find the next poop story for you that's like the most descriptive visually engaging story I can find thank you okay the rest is you uh this episode 100 where I don't know the stories didn't find the stories haven't read the stories it's all provided by my amazing (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts well first of all thank you guys so much that is i don't even have words it's just completely heartwarming and you guys made me blush (laughs) and you made us almost cry cry. oh no i was full i was full on crying full on Uh, but um yeah i don't public read if you guys know that i've made a few comments um so i might stumble or stutter this goes way back, you know, back in fourth grade. But um, here we go, Morgan. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm I'm nervous. It's it's weird being on this side of the couch. I know. Same. You know, I don't like this side. So I'm like, I don't want to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I always thought that I was the only person that had like like sides that I would prefer. And then you realize so, that. No, prefer. No, yeah. no, no. Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> Fair enough. Lauren Fair does enough. not. Lauren does not show the right side of her face <laughs> ever. 
That's not a preference. Okay, one time when I was a kid, like I think I was like 12 <laughs> or 13 years old, my aunt saw a picture of me from my right side and she goes, that doesn't look like you. And like a voice like that. And Did I, it scar you forever? 100%. You have like one of the most <laughs> symmetrical faces I've ever seen. I don't agree, but thank you. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, it blows my mind every time I hear this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my female 25 husband, male 28, said something disgusting to me. Of you course sure you did. Yeah. You sure you haven't heard this one? Nope. I can't stop thinking of it. I've been in the bath for a long time because I've been dreading going to bed with him. A few hours ago, I was lying in bed feeding our baby. My husband was begging me to come do something with him. I tried to tell him to wait a few moments and he kept glaring at me and telling me to hurry up. I just gave birth a couple months ago, and my husband has been so jealous of his own son. I could see he was starting to lose his patience, and I told him, honey, I have to take care of him before. You know that. And what he said back was really stunning. He looked me right in the eyes and said, if you love him so much, why don't you suck his dick instead of mine? I couldn't say anything. Fucking gross. I didn't even know what to say. And then he stormed out of our bedroom. I don't even know what to make of this. What should I do? It just bothers me so deeply. It's going to be hard for me to forgive. I really don't have any other complaints about my husband. Most days things are great with him, but that just made me sick to my stomach. Am I being sensitive? Maybe I'm just emotional, but I feel like crying. That's it? Yeah. What the fuck? Are there any updates? I hate hearing stories like this, and there's been a couple that have come up recently where... Um, there was one on Amy's episode mm -hmm. where there was this dad and like every time he would go and put the baby to bed, he would whisper things to the baby and be like, I fucking hate you. I hope you die. Like just crazy oh shit. Oh my God. He'd just whisper this crazy shit to the baby. I don't remember. Like that's not a direct quote, you guys, but mm -hmm. it was bad shit. And I feel like this is kind of on that level where if he is so insecure and not just insecure at this point, like he actually resents his child, like making a comment like that makes me feel like he doesn't like his child at all. Like he, mm. he sees his child as a direct threat to his wife. Right. This feels so territorial. And it's right. like, you're, this is your baby. This is your baby. This is half of you. Mm -hmm. And you're threatened by your baby. Do you think it would have been different if their baby was female? Maybe. Like, do you think it was some weird? I don't know. I just think like, Maybe the little boy thing has something to do with it, but that's like honestly a very surprising reaction mm -hmm. because of how many gender reveal videos that you see that are guys getting upset over girls right. and even not even guys like moms get upset over girls. I saw a gender reveal video today of a mom crying because she found out she was having a little girl. Oh my God, I want and, a girl. And you don't usually see this with boys, like unless it's like she's got four boys and this is the fifth baby and she just wanted a little girl, mm -hmm. then you might see it. If you know you might be disappointed, don't have public gender reveals. Besides the point. So true. Um, I just think, I think he's just a little off his rocker right now. Like this is a little scary to the point I wouldn't trust him alone with the baby. No, I, I agree. It's not. So I've heard about stuff like this and I don't have a child. So I don't know what it feels like to be jealous of a baby. Like that seems crazy to me. But at the same time, like I don't know what that what that person's going through. Yeah. Um, but to say those words is just the most repulsive thing, especially when like that, that is an issue. 
That's an actual, real, serious, scary issue. So to even say that because you're mad, you're jealous, like that, it it's it goes beyond just whatever he's going through. It's just like he took it way too far. It's disgusting, repulsive. Like no one should ever say those words. No. And I I think about too. Like I don't know. I look at uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and their relationships and, and relationship <laughs> ships. <laughs> multiple Polly um, you, yeah. you never know what goes on yeah but they um they'll always troll each other I'm sure you know everyone listening knows that or yeah. has seen something like that and one of the things that he said was like how much he loves his wife more than anything in the world but the minute that he had children he would take her as a human body shield and protect those children and she's like you know laughing about it and they go yeah. back and forth so dude that would crush me what I would like I'm too sensitive for that shit if Justin said that yeah, yeah. I would just, I know. I'm way too sensitive you can't troll me <laughs> you just gotta give me love to be honest as much as I respect respected their couples that yeah, can do that yeah I actually thought about that too that that would hurt my feelings <laughs> I'd be crying on the daily yeah. <laughs> like this is the birth- birthday post and you're supposed to shower me with love and then you pick the worst picture you have of me on your phone <laughs> like dude no I, I don't need to be trolled <laughs> No, it's interesting. And it's not just like, I do think a lot of parents, granted, grain of salt, everyone, y'all know I haven't popped any watermelons out of my pussy, but, (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) But I, you know, you, the third time you said this on the show to me, (laughs) you do see some parents become a little insecure or feel like their relationship with their partner is a little threatened, which makes sense, right? Like they had this kid, the kid is now the number one priority, especially Mm -hmm. when it's new. It all it does is eat, cry, shit. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of time and energy and love. Mm-hmm. So your coupleness and your partnership really gets put to the side. Yeah. So that's normal. And it might it's normal, I think, to feel a little insecure. But I think this is a conversation, like, if you're thinking of having kids with someone, I would definitely address this. Or even if you're pregnant, I'd be like, hey, babe, when the baby comes, yeah. we are going to be prioritizing the baby and we might put our coupleship on the back burner. Let's figure out a way where we can do regular check-ins or spend quality time together on a regular basis and address this so we don't forget about us. And I think it's not just so much the fact that he is insecure. I think it's the fact that he made a comment to her basically saying, go sexually assault our child. Go suck his dick. So fuck up. Not I couldn't a- believe that when I read it, I literally my jaw dropped. This time, obviously, I've already read it, so the shock factor was gone. But the first time, I just I, I I was like, is this a troll post? But I can't imagine. No. Okay, so what are the top comments? Mental health help for um, sure. He needs to definitely pursue some therapy. Mm-hmm. So the top comment. Hold on, it's kind of the top comment's kind of confusing because of the edit but i'll just read it oh so there is an edit of the edit of the top comment oh so the top comment has 4.5 thousand up upvotes how old is this story three years it's old oh yeah oh <laughs> is that god. okay can i yeah it? okay cool i'm just like oh my god we need to go after the comments uh-huh. we need to look at the account okay Top comment says, that's fucked up. He sounds like an immature child. Once you have a child, everything changes. The kid comes first always. Hell, honestly, for that, I'd go spend a few days with family and stay out of the house. And then... Fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. OP responded back to that comment and said, a part of me really wants to leave tonight and stay in a hotel. Absolutely. I don't want to see him, touch him, talk to him, anything right now. 
Someone responded, please consider it, especially if this is out of character. You don't know what else he could say or potentially do to you or your child if he is that jealous. 100%. He has to know that this is not okay. And then the next top comment. Oh, trust me. They know. They just don't care. They want what they want regardless of anyone else's feelings. They think that they are never the problem. Sounds like this person thinks that uh, the OP's husband is a narcissist. Yeah, it sounds like they really personally relate to it. Well, Mm -hmm. it's interesting, too, because, like, OP didn't really specify what he was trying to get her attention for, but it sounded like it was just a casual, like, come here, babe. Like, let me show you something. Yeah, so that's what uh, she was saying. She was just like, honey, I have to take care of him before you. You know that. Apparently, that set him off. Yeah. So go to the account. Let's see if there's any other comments please don't be suspended, you silly bitch. Mm. Yeah, so what we're going to do is use my new bestie, the Wayback Machine. Okay, so apparently the Wayback Machine does not go back that far. Ah! I wonder how many people deal with this, though, because I'm sure this is not unique. It doesn't seem like it is. It seems like it's kind of like a, a thing that just pops up. And, like, male postpartum, is a thing and it's mm. someone corrected me on the last um episode and mm. it's not it's not postpartum depression for men because obviously they didn't have the baby so it's called something else right. like they don't have the chemical the chemical well yeah. I mean, i'm sure it's chemical to an extent but some say like all the articles when i'm searching like what is postpartum depression in men called and it literally people are just like postpartum depression in men yeah so i forget what the the actual term this uh user was saying but the man or father is not postpartum or the other right. person in the relationship who didn't have the baby, depending right. on what your couple looks like. Like they didn't go through labor. They don't have the chemical imbalance. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, recovering. So it's a little different, but he could be dealing with something like that. Well, that's why, like, that's why I stopped myself because I was like, it's interesting because obviously it's still chemical to an extent because people who have depression, it's, it's also a, chemical it's a and chemical they don't balance, have to have yeah. a baby to make their hormones go all over the place. So yeah. I don't, yeah, I guess maybe it does kind of, I don't know. That's, I actually have never heard of that before. So now I know what I'm going to look oh up when I get home. Oh my gosh. Um, let's do one last thing just to make sure we cross all our boxes. Mm-hmm. Copy the title. Okay. And let's go on Google and see if there was ever an update. Okay. This one absolutely blows my mind. Right. Damn. Okay. Well, if anyone out there can find an edit or find the user's comments, I searched Wayback Machine and it's not in there, but. Mm. It just makes me really sad that after going through something as, like, big as childbirth, she just can't be in a supportive, healthy home. Like, she's got to now worry about her husband being jealous, insecure, potentially dangerous with their baby. And it's also like, oh, you're mad at me because I'm being selfless to another helpless human? That's weird. (laughs) What the fuck? You know what I mean? It's not like she's going out and— gambling all their money away she's literally taking care of their child i just yeah it's so interesting what can trigger people and why and when and how they react to it and it's just sad absolutely well and you think about it too what if this was like a sick parent that she also had to help with Mm -hmm. would it be the same reaction right because this is your baby this is the one where you're like this is a part of me right this is a part of me point yeah like if it was her dad that's so interesting. Go suck your dad's dick. So you, up. Oh my God, what a fucking weirdo. So weird. I wonder if they're still together. What are your butts? I guess. I'm scared. I'm scared that like we can't find an update. I just get really worried about stuff like that. 
Well, we have a really big and amazing audience that are little detectives. Little detectives. Okay. They found out real quick who uh, I was going on a couple of dates with when I mentioned <laughs> it. <laughs> that was good. Oh, it's so funny. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Moving along. Moving along. Okay, okay. So, am I the asshole for how I responded when my fiancé's sister commented on my flat chest? Mm. To get this out of the way, I'm a flat-chested girl. I suffer from health issues and growth problems, so I'm small, but I'm proud of myself. My fiancé and I went over to his parents' house for his niece's birthday. I wore a sweetheart-shaped dress, and my sister-in-law, Mel, who always comments on my chest— saw the dress and went like, in quotes, this dress needs boobs and you ain't got any. That's how she spelled it. (laughs) Um, I felt kind of weird saying, you ain't got any. (laughs) Like, um, (laughs) do you want me to redo that or no? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I ignored her, but then at dinner, she asked if I was planning on getting a plastic surgery before the wedding so that I didn't ruin the wedding dress. I found this offensive, especially when others were watching. I said nothing, but when we were sitting in the living room later, Mel suddenly started wiping her nose and trying to clear it. It's stuffed due to a cold, apparently. She has a large nose, so I smiled and said, do you need help with that? I could get the plunger for you. (gasps) She was stunned, and the room got awkward after her husband was laughing. (laughs) She was fuming and told my fiance that I stepped out of line and ruined her daughter's birthday with my words that humiliated her. My fiance said I shouldn't have caused a scene after his parents told us to leave. I explained how her comments made me feel, but he said that she said it out of concern, but my comment was out of hate. Now she's expecting an apology. Did I go too far here? Throw this whole family away. (laughs) Throw them away. One bullshit. Oh, you embarrassed me in front of my daughter. You're setting a bad example for my daughter or whatever she said. Mm -hmm. How are you not setting a bad example for your daughter? Criticizing another woman's body, belittling her, degrading her, suggesting she should get an expensive, invasive Mm -hmm. plastic surgery to make her better, to Mm -hmm. make her more acceptable. You're creating body issues with your daughter, bitch. Right. Fuck you. The fiance, throw him away. <laughs> throw him away. If you have a man that's not going to stick up for you, where do you think he heard? Where do you think the sister heard it from first? I bet she got ideas from her Ooh. brother. This fiance being like, "Yeah, you know, that's I wish her, point. I wish her boobs were bigger." Oh my and god! And that's why he's defending. Well, 
And that's why he's defending her saying, this was out of care. It was just out of care. Yeah. Yours was just, yours was out of hate. No, that's called karma. Um, she deserved that clap back. I'm sorry, out of care doesn't usually sound like this dress needs boobs and you ain't got any. Also, okay. I'm sorry. I would much rather, as someone that has large boobs, I would much rather, and I know the grass is always greener. It's one of those things. I get it. But I would much rather have small boobs or being flat chested, truly. Like clothes fit you better. What, what do you mean? That dress needs boobs. Ugh. I know. I'm so, I hate people commenting on other people's bodies. I know. And that's what's so interesting to me that the reaction was so as if she was shocked because honestly, like it was more discreet. I mean, yeah, like I guess the plunger, the <laughs> reference was there, but like, I mean, maybe she, maybe it was know. just the plunger, but also I could, <laughs> I could see something like, even if she would have said like, oh, you have a cold, like maybe it's a, your, maybe it's your deviated septum. Maybe you need a nose job. Right. Yeah. Maybe we could, maybe we could go see the same plastic yeah. surgeon and get a two for one deal. I'll get my tits, you get your nose. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, and that's what I think is so crazy because it's like people, I mean, do whatever you want to do. Like if you want to get your boobs done, your nose done, like whatever, I'm I'm so supportive of that, but it should never be because other people are telling you to do so. Like I remember that there was this girl who people... like she got posted because she's so beautiful she got posted on something where like a ton of people were responding I think it was something like barstool and um and like obviously she got posted because they were trying to you know be like how beautiful she was but then for whatever reason people like they do like came in and started pointing out the things that they didn't like about her and tearing her down and one of the things (sighs) was like I don't something about her forehead she ended up getting forehead surgery years later and I don't I don't know if it had anything to do with it but like how could it not you know what I mean and like that's what makes me sick because it's like if that's something that like you know you want to do on your own do whatever you fucking want to do but like it should never be coming from anybody else that's fucked up there is no there like there's no right or wrong with appearances it is all make-believe we've like humans have just made it up yeah. And so I just I can't stand when I hear stuff like this where people are trying to tell like push their own beliefs on somebody else. Like there's nothing wrong with any of that shit. You know what no. I mean? Like ugh. something that's interesting that you just said too, mm-hmm. the fact that it's like it's literally make believe. Yeah. Like there are these make believe standards that mm-hmm. certain people made up and they're always changing. Mm-hmm. Like the Brazilian butt lifts yep. that are so dangerous mm-hmm. are now out. All of these celebrities that got them are reversing them and they're getting the fat sucked back out of their asses. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you can't keep up with these trends. No. They're unattainable. They're unhealthy. They're dangerous. Mm-hmm. But then you got me thinking like it is make believe and mm-hmm. it's these fake standards set by people that only set these standards to get us to consume more, to get us to spend more, to get us to buy their shit, support their brands. Mm -hmm. And then I went down this rabbit hole really fast in my head where it's like, what is an insecurity? Mm -hmm. Is an insecurity literally created based on us comparing ourselves to other people or other people picking us apart? Or is an insecurity something that is just inherently in us? Because like if... For me, like if I had, I don't know, a, a little extra eyebrow on the side, would I consider that weird if if no one 
ever said anything to me or would I just be like, oh, well, that's just my face. And so it's just my face. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that we would think anything of it. Exactly. Like, I don't. I know so everyone weird. has different ideas of evolution and whatnot, but I, I genuinely think that it's just. OK, if it never got pointed out to me, I would never think anything of it. Right. And if. Have you ever seen the Ashton Kutcher video where he's on uh, Nickelodeon? No. Oh, my God. It's it's such a cool video. Like, you guys should look it up. I think you could probably just Google Ashton Kutcher Nickelodeon. But what he was talking about, and I think that there was an interview later of, like, where he was inspired to do this. But he talked about his upbringing and how at one point he was sweeping the floors of Cheerios working in a factory and then the next thing he did, you know, he was talking about like building up of what he was doing throughout his life and his career and how at every single step of the way up until the point that he became a famous, well-known name that people, you know, like one of the heartthrobs, he didn't say this, but like, yeah, he never for a minute thought that he was better than he was just happy to be given the opportunity to make money. And he was talking about how. People will always try to sell you on something like this world that we live in. It's created by people that are no smarter and no better than you. And so create your own world and live in your own world. And it, it and don't he's like, whatever they're fucking selling you, don't buy it. Like everything that they're selling you is so that they can make money off of you as puppets. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's like that's why that's like, you know, trends used to be with clothes because plastic surgery wasn't as, you know, a big of an option. But now it is. And so now there's trends with plastic surgery. People get their boobs put in. They get them removed. Like you just said, like Brazilian butt lifts. Like it's just it's I think it's just really important to kind of, you know, take a step back and. And think about what makes you happy and what is the world that you want to build and that you want to live in. Yeah, I completely agree. Don't get sucked into these trends. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Unless you really think about it and decide it's right for you. Exactly. But. And I'm all for surgery. Yeah, like I'm, same. I want to get my breasts reduced and a little chin lipo. Like I'm all for it, but it's just. Yeah, and that's another point, too, is that it's tough. There should never be people telling you the opposite either because it's like growing up in the Midwest, I grew up thinking, like, getting plastic surgery was so bad. So bad. Yeah, and so fake and so whatever, it's all this plastic. stuff. Yeah, and it's like, that's just, you should never feel bad if there's something that you genuinely feel insecure about. Like, like as long as it's really coming from you, you know, not people coming around you, like bullying you. But like, if there's something that you genuinely want to do for yourself on the flip side of things, you shouldn't let people bully you into thinking that it's wrong to do it. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck makes you happy. Like live your life. That's the moral of the story for this whole show. Yeah. Everyone just be happy. We love you. Live your life. Mm -hmm. Be in a safe, healthy environment, relationship, everything. Yeah. Just... <laughs> okay, I hate this one. That story was all of your stories are really is this how you feel? Sometimes, yeah. It's just like aggravated. You just want to like Yeah. It's actually it's really funny to be on the other side and like hear your reactions oh because I've never had this before. Usually you're always so calm and collected. I know. Everyone's gonna love it. We're gonna have to make this <laughs> a regular thing. Well, and one of the things too is like I'm also way more calm than normal because 
trying not to puke. I've been having just a day and we're recording another episode after this. So I'm trying to just give my energy and my all, but like. You're doing a great job. I'm at like 15 right now instead of 100. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> the percentage is not very good. Well, that's episode 100 for Lauren. For me. You picked really good stories. Yay. Yeah, I had uh, some of our THT fam help out. Oh, look yeah. cuties. I know. I was like looking through them and I was thinking, why not work smarter instead of harder? <laughs> <laughs> And I know that I have so many amazing people that you guys reach out to me and I just absolutely adore you guys. And so I was like, duh, there's got to be some friends out here that like yeah. have came across a few good stories. So thank you so much for making this episode amazing. I well, love that. Unless you don't think it's amazing, but hopefully you do. <laughs> if you don't, screw you. Well, to each their own. <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you. Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Don't cry. I'm gonna um, a hundred episodes. I never. Yeah, okay. I thought the show would do something, but to get to a hundred is incredible. an amazing feat, and it wouldn't have happened without you. So I just want to say thank you, and I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Don't do this to us. I know. Okay. I love Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Next host coming in. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> And thank you so much for uh, everything. No, all the blood, thanks. sweat, and tears. All the thanks is to you. I just, I just edit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot more than that. No, okay. Love you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Hot Takes. I'm your host, Justin, and I'm Morgan. And today, I found some stories. So we're going to see how this goes. At least I have the experience of reading a lot on Father Knows. So mm -hmm. at least I have that going for yeah. me. Because it was always very nerve wracking when you'd have to do like the popcorn reading in uh, for <laughs> textbooks in school. Yeah. And I've always been scarred by that. But I Same. think just being on the shows has helped me a lot. Just I, with like reading great. and, you know, not messing it up. Because yeah. the worst thing was when everyone read, in front of you read and did it well, and then you kind of mess it up and you Ugh. just, yeah. It was so embarrassing. Right. But the dumbest shit to be embarrassed about too, when you look back, it's like, who cares? Yeah. Well, before you get reading though, oh, I just want to say thank you. I'm not going to cry. Did you cry on the others? Both of them. Oh. Both of them. We don't need, we don't need that. No. No. But this podcast wouldn't be here without you. You bought me all my equipment. <laughs> and you really... <laughs> I was a depressed, sad little person. You said you weren't going to cry. I know, I lied. But I didn't really have a lot going for me. And I was probably the worst I've ever been in my life. I was sad. I was depressed. I was irritable cranky lost and you took me talking about reddit stories and wanting to start a podcast and you were so encouraging and you literally bought all the equipment to get me started and taught me how to edit and do my sound and the show would not be here let alone at a hundred episodes without you so thank you. <laughs> okay, now I have some really kind words from people. 
because I've been asking, I'm like, what's your favorite moment of each co-host? Okay. And you're like, fuck, I need some more wine so I don't start crying. <laughs> okay. So people said, definitely the plant heard on the podcast before seeing it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. That was a nightmare was last an, week. I love how like instantly a classic moment happened. Like episode 99. Oh, my God. <laughs> Probably I'm, one of the best. I don't think I've had a, a candle going since. I'm like honestly <laughs> terrified because the wick was so short. It was just ridiculous. It's all about that reaction time. I know. you were. <laughs> we were very slow. Literally, no, we were so once slow. Once we knew, yeah, no thoughts. Yeah, you went fast then. Um, the next person goes all episodes. I'm so excited to start listening to his own podcast. Let's go. Which Justin started his own podcast with his music partner. It's called Cracking the Copyright, and it's amazing. So be sure to go listen to that. Any slash all episodes because his soothing voice, along with your soothing soothing voice, is lovely. In the most recent episode, when he went on that rant about how it was hard for him to understand that guy's point of view on attractiveness, I struggle with self-image, and it really made me have hope for my current and possible future relationships. I would love to uh, compile all of my <laughs> random rants that sometimes are and aren't <laughs> relate, like, related to the story. Can you imagine if we put together... like? The the dinner we went to last night and I went on my rant. Yeah. You know how I do that sometimes? Like right now? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to go through and find every rant and just have like an hour long of me just popping off. Okay, we could do that. <laughs> Side note, I really think Justin's voice sounds like Evan Peters whenever he brings up space. Let's, yeah, oh next, yeah. Literally the next person up rants about space. When he said organically this past episode and sounded exactly like Jerry. Really? <laughs> Communicate. All caps. Yeah. Gecko Justin was a statement. Honestly, him being traumatized every episode is hilarious. It's a lot. No favorite moment, but the way he was so chill about it. I'm assuming the fire. Oh, yeah. I, I posted that as my oh, favorite. Yeah. When you were so calm about the guy peeing himself in front of the family and Justin was like, brain blown emoji. That's not clutter. That's friend. We're talking about the panda with Lauren. <laughs> like, See, it's all those little moments that I, I wish like there could be a compilation of. You know. Maybe someone can do that. That'd be sick. Mm. The random space tangents. We need more of those. I think we should do a full-fledged space episode. I know it'd be tough because there's probably not a lot of stories on space. Mm -hmm. But we could, we could talk about space drama. And it could just lightly reference it. Oh, my boyfriend that's like uh, an, an astronomer. Like, he went and did this to me. And and, I'm, and then we could like be like, well, that's space. Yeah. Um, when he instantly thought of postpartum depression in the most recent episode, Morgie, you're teaching him well. No, he's just, he's a good one. He's a keeper. Every moment, you guys are the best. You have a gem. He's so emotionally intelligent. I'm going to wrap it through the next three. Okay. Any space rant, next person. Anytime he goes on a tangent about space, next person. When he went on his tangent about space, next person. Down the rabbit hole episode where the girl kept saying the moon landing was fake. No, dude. <laughs> I can't deal with that. Communicate. Not a moment, but much respect for Mr. Communication. We love it. Let's go. 
when he said he was picking his butt in that one episode. Most memorable for me was his take on the person that used their partner's sock to wipe. (laughs) See, I want to go relive all these moments. Whenever he talks about being (laughs) blasted in outer space when he dies, gets me every time. When he said he wasn't a pick me in THT, he's so sweet to you. It's helping heal trauma that made me fear white men. Same, honestly. Okay. I get that. I get that a lot though. And this is just the Instagram stuff. But from what I see on YouTube too, everyone is like, Justin gives me hope. Like, like, so cute. Like seeing you guys. So. Well, thank you everybody. A lot of kind words and it's still up. So I'll have more to share with you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Now it's your turn. And I should be done crying for this segment now. Getting kind of nervous. I'm scared myself. In the captain's chair. How does it feel over there? Feels great. Okay, cool. Feels like where I was always meant to be. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get too used to it. Okay. Well, this is for my poop people. Because Ah, I've listened to the people. I've heard the requests. And they have not been answered for a while. We haven't had any poop stories. This is perfect. So... Perfect, perfect. One of my perfect. favorite episodes that I was on was Basic Hygiene. Yeah. In which we did talk about poop and on the thumbnail is a poop emoji. Yes. So I feel very connected to this. Okay. Yeah, you're connected to poop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Am I the asshole for being disgusting in front of my fiance's family to prove a point? Oh, God. Disclaimer. Discussions of poop. You heard it, guys. Skip. Skip now. Or don't. So I'm a semi-vegan. I have lactose intolerance, gluten sensitivity, not to be confused with celiac, and IBS. I get teased a lot for my dietary choices, mostly because people think I'm a preachy, pita ass, but in reality, I'm fighting a constant battle to not shit my pants. I also get people thinking I have an eating disorder because I'm relatively petite and can't eat 99% of food and spend a lot of time in the bathroom. I do eat occasional fish or baked chicken, but 99% of my diet is plant-based. Red meat is a no-go, no dairy, and I don't eat grains, which sucks because I love bread so effing much. Mm -hmm. Over the weekend, my fiance and I went to his parents' house. They wanted to give us an engagement dinner. We've been engaged for three months now, but we live a ways away. At the dinner was my mom, stepdad, younger brother, and grandma. They know of my food aversions. They know I just eat rabbit food. I've been with my fiance for four years now, but at the dinner, they served very well-seasoned chicken and sausage jambalaya with cornbread and smothered potatoes. I've lived my entire life in the Southern U.S. surrounded by delicious food I cannot digest. I was really hurt. It felt like I was ignored. My fiance asked if there was anything I could eat since it was all almost completely against my dietary restrictions. Their response was I should just live a little and I needed some meat on my bones anyway. After all, we were celebrating and I should enjoy myself. Well, I excused myself and my fiance asked if I wanted to leave. I said, no, I'm used to it. I didn't want to come off as stuck up. So I ate the food, not a lot, but enough to be polite. Oh, no. And listen, it was fucking good. I'll admit it. Of course it was. Smothered potatoes. This sounds like a dream, but... It's like when I have real dairy out yeah, of nowhere. It's like, oh, what? I know, but when you can't have that stuff, I, I, I know where this is going, and it's it's not going to be good. 
But less than an hour later, yep. I felt the rumbles. Oh, no. You know the ones. <laughs> yeah. Where a deluge is imminent. <laughs> oh. We were all chatting in the living room. The night was winding down, but I knew I wouldn't make it all the way back home. I excused myself to the restroom. And at the last second, I decided rather than go to the guest bathroom on the other side of the house, I'd go to the half bath next to the living room. Let him have it. Let it rip, girl. So, dot, 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 I went. (laughs) In all my loud, stinky glory, I went. It lasted maybe five minutes, but the damage was immeasurable. The bathroom stunk, and when I came out, it was obvious everyone had heard. (laughs) It was awkward. I said, sorry, sensitive stomach, you know? We left shortly after. (laughs) My fiance was embarrassed, and we fought on the car (gasps) ride home. What? He said I did it on purpose, and it was disgusting and i shouldn't have been so petty we could have just left why would i act so immature etc i wasn't sorry i said his family knew about my problems but ignored me i couldn't help it was i being an ass Mm-mm, absolutely not when you have someone that you've been with for four years by this point the family knows and it's like they're they're brushing her off as just being high maintenance and picky. They're not respecting her. They're not even considering that these food intolerances and dietary restrictions are real. They're thinking she's just dramatic. And especially with the comment like, oh, you need to put a little meat on your bones. It's like, no. Like, would you tell someone with a severe peanut allergy, get over it, eat some peanuts? No, it would kill them. And it might not kill her, but it certainly doesn't sit well and makes her really fucking sick. So no, this is the taste of medicine they needed. Maybe next family dinner, they'll actually consider her and not be so disrespectful. Hopefully. And provide a meal that she can eat. And I'm sorry, there is no excuse to not accommodate a vegetarian or a vegan. It is so easy to make a really, really good chopped salad throw some avocado in there, some really good balsamic vinaigrette, a bunch of like chickpeas. I mean, you can make a bomb salad that is so hearty and good. Brussels sprouts. I mean, you go to town and it's it's easy. Yeah. You can literally buy packs at Trader Joe's. So for them not to accommodate her is a purposeful slap in the face. Well, especially she's not just the new girlfriend that's coming around. Fiance, four years. She been there. She'd been there. And I think it's really shitty on him, too, where I do appreciate the fact that at the beginning, he did say, do you just want to go? That is great. Right. In support. In support. Like, he recognized that at the beginning, they didn't have any food. So he knew there was a problem. He recognized that, which kudos. But again, okay, the bar is in hell, if that's what I'm giving him credit for. But it is appreciative versus some other stories we would hear would would which would for sure be like, I don't know what you're talking about, babe. Just eat it. Like, it's fine. My family went out of their way to make this food. Just eat Uh, it. Yes. Like, you know, there's those stories. Right. So I do appreciate the fact he stood by her side at the beginning and was like, do you want to go? They didn't leave. But it's also like, you know, she has stomach issues. And honestly, what if she wouldn't have made it to the bathroom across the house? Never know. You never know. Like, it could have been very genuine. Like, we know she considered it, but he doesn't know. So it's like stand by her side. Like you are sitting out in the living room with your family. She is blowing her brains out in the bathroom. You can just say, see you guys. This is what happens when she eats potatoes with dairy. 
and that chicken, it just didn't sit well with her. This is this is why we really, really need to respect her dietary restrictions. She's going to be on the toilet the whole night when we get home. This is what happens, guys. Well, and what's interesting is I think we have a generation now that we grew up in that is very cognizant and aware of dietary restrictions. Yes. Which was, for some reason, like taboo. When you go up to like, you know, the everyone above us just seems like I I don't know anyone older that was necessarily like a vegan or you know obviously people have always had yeah it's problems, been around but I feel like it's been so masked or not talked about until kind of recently because now is and especially in L A you're seeing like vegan only restaurants pop so up many, everywhere yeah. you go now has a vegan section. Or, you know, a pescatarian or whatever it may be. It's very, like, it's a lot easier to find those accommodations. Now. Now, yeah. Even back home, you're starting to see it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's happening everywhere. Minnesota, yeah. For some reason, it was like a, it seems like it was kind of this taboo thing. And I'm pulling a little bit of it from this comment. Yeah. But it just seems like why. You know what I also wonder, though? Yeah. I think our food quality has changed. That is true. Especially here in the United States. Our food is pumped full of fucking poison. Well, and they probably just, maybe the older generations just don't understand. They're like, well, I've had stomach problems, but enjoy good. I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't, I just think they had a different quality of food. I think even now, so like my grandma is realizing like she's having a hard time eating the breads she used to love. And a lot of it is the quality of food in the United States. And our food here is so unregulated, even compared to our neighbor in Canada. And you go to Europe and it's kind of that misconception where, oh, I can go to Europe and I can, I can have dairy and bread and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, if you can go to Europe and have milk, like you're not lactose intolerant. You're just, there's different things you're allergic to, which is like, it's really confusing. Yeah. And it's the same with gluten. Like you're probably not allergic to gluten, but you're allergic to like the pesticide in the bread. And like, that's all this crazy stuff that's coming out now. So I always wonder, I'm like, and especially with the rates of colon cancer going up, I really think it's, we're going to find some crazy shit out about our food. hundred percent. It's like, it's, there's a reason like young people at 30 and 35 and 40 are, when has colon cancer ever been like this? Right. So. And that could be kind of the main the main reason, honestly. Yeah. But top comment, pretty straightforward. Not the asshole. They should have made some food you could eat too. What they did was flat out rude. Maybe now they'll respect your dietary needs. I Yes. And then the other comment that I was referencing, my grandparents are like this. My aunt, who they dislike, is vegan for environmental reasons, etc. They purposely smothered all of the Christmas dinner veggies in butter and meat juice. Mm. It turns out I'm a vegan as well. Always been vegetarian, but I've been diagnosed with dairy allergy and egg sensitivity. My grandmother kicked up a stink about having to cook separate meals when she only needs to dress everyone else's vegetables, just not ours. Not the asshole. Some people are incredibly ignorant and spiteful. Yeah. And- so there's a whole like mix of things that could yeah. play in. But... It's annoying. It's it's not hard to accommodate people. And this was a dinner that was meant to celebrate them. This right. was their engagement party. Don't you think you should have food that the guest of honor can eat? Yeah. Who is this about? Who is this about? It's about them. 
what are their favorite foods? How can you make this night special for them? Yeah. You excluded literally the one half of this equation. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this could have been instant karma episode, it you know? Do- this-, this does feel like instant karma. <laughs> oh, both you and Alejandra picked stories that are like instant karma. Now I'm like, fuck, I got to find better ones for my upcoming theme. We just like it. We like to see that the gratification of like, you know, I mean, it says it, mm-hmm. it says it in this comment. What's the old saying? You get what you give. The fiance's family gave OP crap. So she simply returned the favor. Oh. Not the asshole. <laughs> That's a good one. Are there any comments from OP? I don't know how to find those. Uh, Click up at the top of the username. Look at all the awards. Oh, yeah. So the comment is, this is the kind of story that makes me wish there was a justified asshole judgment. Yes. However, I will go with not the asshole. I'm sorry you had to sacrifice your bodily comfort for the sake of proving a point. Yeah. But four years, question mark, and they still push the issue. You have shown saintly patience that I can only dream of achieving one day. Mm-hmm. Comment from OP. Thanks, LOL. I used to be really embarrassed about the whole poop thing, and I used to be bullied when I was a teen about how often I went to the bathroom. Thick skin and a sense of humor helps. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't appreciate toilet humor. No. Except for our friends here. I know. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy a lot of you do appreciate the poop. Not the asshole. They were aware of your food aversions and still pressured you into eating something that can make you ill. Uh, OP says, people can be vegan for for what we reason. I appreciate them because it helps find stuff I can eat, but there are absolutely insufferable vegans, classist vegans, asshole vegans, and unfortunately, they are usually the loudest. Also, I have zero respect for PETA and those who support it. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit about PETA. I don't know. I don't know. That that one's whatever. Yeah. But those were like the two comments. Okay. Yeah, I... I think this is a great story. I not the asshole at all. I'm, yeah, I think she should have sat in there for an extra five minutes with poop noises from YouTube. Like, or just, no, you got to get the smell out. You got to open the door fast as possible. True. No courtesy. True. Flush. Well, yeah, and they probably didn't have poopery in there. But honestly, I think it is totally fair. I don't think she had another choice. It was either eat the shitty food they prepared or don't eat at all. And when I, I don't know about anyone else, but when I'm going to a dinner party, I go hungry. I go ready to eat. So starving probably wasn't an option. Yeah. So yeah, no, I like this one. I haven't heard this one. How old is it? Two years. Wow. This was like right when we started the podcast, basically. Yeah. Podcast has its two year anniversary on February 10th. There we go. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Flipping the script. Okay. 14 hours ago. Ooh. 39 female, 39 male. I'm losing my husband and don't think I can do anything about it. Oh, no. I'm 39 female. My husband is 39 male. We've been married for 13 years. After struggling with infertility for a few years, we realized early in our marriage, we would not be able to have kids of our own. It was a tough realization, but we both decided to dedicate ourselves to our jobs and spoil the nieces and nephews and young cousins we have. A few months ago, a young woman, Kaylee, 26 female, moved into the house next door to us. She has two twin sons and is recently widowed. She's lovely and completely overwhelmed. She has no family in the area, so my husband and I, of course, offered to help her with anything she needed. She'll come to us for help with little things. She'll ask my husband to fix something or ask for an ingredient for a meal along those lines. (laughs) You have sugar? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if people still did that. Yeah. Uh, My husband is always respectful, and I don't think he would ever cheat. But I see how he reacts when Kaylee calls or rings the bell. His eyes light up. He gets excited. He loves her twin boys. They play in roughhouse with him all the time. Our driveway, our driveway runs along the side of her yard. When he used to come home from work and they would be outside, he'd take a few minutes to play with them before he came in. So now they're out there every afternoon waiting for him. Oh, no. My husband has admitted seeing them run up to him after work brightens up his whole day. I know my husband would never cheat or betray me, but I see him losing himself in this fantasy of what if this was my family? What if these were my kids? I know he wouldn't cheat, but I have this fear he's going to realize what we have isn't enough and he's going to leave me for the ready-made family next door. I don't want to discuss these concerns with him and sound accusatory, but yesterday I saw him and Kaylee talking outside and I wanted to cry. They looked like a happy family. They were on her deck talking and laughing. He was holding one twin boy while the other was climbing on her. I feel like I'm losing my husband and there's nothing I can do to stop it. I don't know what to do. Oh my God, this is like the worst. This is a recipe for disaster. Oh, this is horrendous. Step one, you do have to talk to him. Yes. I don't think you can keep hiding your feelings, especially if like boundaries need to be set. I definitely don't think you're losing your husband unless you don't put in the effort to have these conversations and really like put in the work on the relationship and say, honey, like this is making me uncomfortable. And I know, I know I love you and I trust you and I, I know you wouldn't cheat, but it's, I'm feeling like I'm being replaced. I'm watching, I'm watching this, this life around me kind of form and it's, it's just not making me feel good right and it's hard and you don't you don't want to sound accusatory or insecure like we've all been there in situations with a partner where it's like you know the worst and you don't want to assume the worst is even possible but sometimes it just helps to get it out there and say say it especially with the narrative that's building up inside oh my god in your mind and just like that can take over you yeah you know you can you can Aside from this, like you can think your partner's cheating and then you'll start to look for reasons to like make your insecurity get stronger. And then at the end of the day, you can find out like 
No, they, they haven't been doing a single thing, but I've built up this whole narrative and getting myself wound up to where I'm like, yep. And you almost start to believe it. You start overanalyzing everything. Yeah. And then like, it's like, oh my God, did you see the way he was smiling at her? Uh, you just, you, like you said, you build this case in your head and no matter how innocent something is, if it fits or if it's close enough to fitting, you might just try to wedge it in that hole. Yes. Would you like, this is where like I go from zero to 100 so fast and I know it's not necessarily rational, but I mean, what do you, what do you do in this situation to set a boundary? Like besides up and moving. Right. Because it's really like he's genuinely, if there is if you know, in it, in it, if you could predict the future and it doesn't lead to anything between Nothing's them, happening. Yeah, he is being a very good person, an amazing he's guy. He's giving the guy, the boys, yeah. attention. They're excited to see him. He's helping her with stuff when she needs help because she's overwhelmed. I mean, it is. If there wasn't that possibility, it is a very beautiful, like, awesome human interaction happening. Yeah, but it's just the what ifs because that can lead to what she's fearing yeah and it doesn't sound like she's as involved i think that also like and i know like gender sometimes does come into play when it shouldn't sure but it does make this situation where we all kind of are like Ugh. if it was the wife no one would bat an eye but because it is the husband which also kind of like plays into this like is it a big deal or are we all just like overanalyzing this one right we have some edits Oh, oh God. Are they bad? Um, well, I'll just read them. No following up yet. Okay. It's it's all like preliminary. Okay, okay. Uh, first one. I am also friends with her. We also hang out. Just because I am also friends with her doesn't mean that it is not hurtful to see how happy and excited my husband gets to see her and her family. Well, and it's also like he's getting excited to see her. It's not just like he's excited about the kids. And just about helping. Yeah. 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 Like that... And some people really get off on feeling needed. Some people have hero complexes where they need to be that white knight. They need to be helping people and saving the day. And yeah. if he hasn't been feeling needed in his home, like the reality is people cheat for less. They True. really do. Uh, edit two, just because I'm on here looking for advice on how to say this without sounding accusatory does not mean I am not willing to have a conversation with my okay, husband. Good. I don't always know the right thing to say or the right way to say things. Um, three, thank you everybody who's encouraging me to try fertility treatments, IVF, adoption, or fostering. I know your intentions are probably well-meaning. However, my husband and I have tried everything, exhausted every resource to have a family. I'm not going to go into the years and years of shots, treatments, injections, mm -hmm. and close to $100,000 of our savings oh. that we spent trying to start a family. The heartbreak that came with every unsuccessful treatment, every miscarriage is unable to be put in words. We did try adoption. The adoption fell through last minute after we had a whole room set up. We were so excited and ended in heartbreak. We also fostered and it ended in a similarly heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. I would prefer not to discuss it past that. Yeah. So, oh, my heart just breaks for her because you just can't even imagine and the, the heartbreak again and again and again. And you finally get to this point where it's like, I can't keep putting myself through this. Yeah. Like you finally get to a point where you're like, life has to be enough. It just, yeah. it has to be enough with just us. And fuck, does that hurt? Yeah. 
that hurts because they really did try and really do want them. And, uh, that sucks. Yes. And so, um, there's one more edit, but I want to read the top comment before it because I think it, it leads into it. Well. Okay. Okay. You have to talk to him about this insecurity. Even if that's a possibility, he can choose you by not entertaining those thoughts. If he lacks emotional intelligence, these feelings could sneak up on him. So you would be doing him a favor by drawing his attention to it. Mm. Now you should have this conversation in a calm, non-accusatory, but vulnerable matter so that he is drawn to you rather than pushed away. Fight for your marriage, but do it calmly with love. That's a great comment. I know. I think that is true too, because there's sometimes where I think even like I look at you and me and it, it it took me a while to realize how much I cared for you. And Lauren would be like, oh, you really like him. I see you smiling at your phone. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, we're just friends. And it does sneak up on you to the point where you wake up one day and you're like, shit, I really do love him. Okay. Yeah. So I think pointing it out now and just being like, hey, I see this, you know, your face lights up when you see her and, you know, just talk your way through it. Yeah. And you don't even like, I think in conversations like this, I don't even know if you need to like really plan it, but you just start where, what you're feeling, what you've been noticing and give that other person time to talk and then you just go back and forth. But at least you're getting it out there. And I think that could help prevent him from really yeah. spiraling and then like one day waking up and being like, oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so wow. that leading into this final edit, I've received so many helpful comments that have really given me a lot of perspective on what to say to my husband. I'm coming up with what I'm going to say now, and I'm going to have a conversation with him when he comes home from work tonight. I'm very thankful to everybody who took the time out of their day to give me advice. I am autistic, so it is not always easy to know exactly what to say in the situation, so it does not come out wrong. I'm very thankful that I got some outside perspective on here. It really made me understand the core problems of what was bothering me and what I don't need to focus on. Thank you all very much. I'm sure the conversation is going to be a productive and constructive one. Thanks to the advice and perspective I've gotten here. Have a wonderful day. Amazing. Any updates yet? No updates yet. No, uh, I was any, showing you because I'm not sure. Uh, if you click on post, do you see anything? That's it. Okay. What are What are the comments that they respond to? Sometimes people put updates in the comments. A lot of them are, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It all kind of resembles the final edit. Okay, cool. Well, damn, we're going to have to keep our eyes peeled for this one. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that is really, that's tough. And that's scary too, because you know, you know how hard they both tried. They both went through those things, both of them. Yeah. And so, you know, he wants it. I know. And that's like, that's your biggest fear. As like her, that's your biggest, th I mean, that would be my biggest fear at least. Like, and then it's unfolding right in front of your eyes. It's just, ugh. I honestly, I would have to move. Yeah. I literally, and I, this is, that sounds fucking crazy, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound crazy selling your house and moving? Because it's like, well, you can move, but he could still just drive over there just as easy. And then you can't even see him. Yeah. But then right, it's like, if it, you get to that but point, then, that's then a you're fucked. With you guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just scary. It's yeah, so it's scary. Tough. It's scary just having that temptation. And that's where it comes in your relationship where that trust, that basis, 
that your relationship is built on needs to be so solid. Yeah. I wish you could see when the edits were posted. Like yeah, I wish they had a little stamps. time next to them so you could be like, when was that? Wait, you're talking to him when he comes home tonight? I know. Well, they talked. What time does for that sure. make it? No, they talked. They talked. We're going to check tomorrow. Okay. And then if there's an edit tomorrow, we're popping on. Okay. I'm down. Okay, cool. I'm down. You picked amazing stories. You did really, really good. Okay, good. I like this. I think I'm going to, after this theme, I think I'm going to give each of you your own episode to roll with. I think it's going to be good. You guys have all, I might, you guys have all proven. <laughs> I, might, I might lose my privileges after that. What? After you come out a full episode? Yeah. No, you'd, you'd <laughs> crush it. I think you all would do really, really well. I might be out of a job, if anything. Nah. I might be fucked. No. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for everything. I'm not gonna. I'm not going back down the cry route. No, no, we don't. We don't need to do that. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was my segment. So thank you for tuning in to. I want to say the whole show, but thank you for tuning into my segment. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy the other segments. And uh, this has been a good one. And um, until next time. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We switched spots and I'm like, how do we, how do I podcast? What are we doing? What's this podcast called? <laughs> it's your show. Take it away. Where am I? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Hot Takes. Today, I'm your host, Alejandra. <laughs> and I'm Morgan. It's so weird. <laughs> That's weird, right? <laughs> no, I like it, though. It's kind of like, it's, I feel less stressed over here. <laughs> I'm more stressed over here. <laughs> oh, I'm literally already crying. Okay. Oh, happy, sad? Both? Um, Yeah, a little bit of both. So we start off each segment. I'm literally already crying. Yeah, I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> I just feel so thankful. Aww. And like this show wouldn't exist without you as well. And you're making me cry. I know. It's just like it's it's changed my life and many others. And so it's just amazing. And I just owe you all the world. And so I'm so appreciative. And so I have some nice words to share oh, from the listeners. Oh, Oh my gosh. I hope they're nice. It's there's, that time of the month. So dude, there's so many. I like, I'm scrolling. Okay. Of course, you have one starts off and they go, I got to be honest. I get Lauren and Alejandra's voice confused. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, when she corrected you regarding the Powerpuff Girls. Yep. LOL. Said it with her chest. So, this is all of their favorite moments. The paranormal episode they loved. Ooh. Powderpuff Girls. <laughs> Literally too many to count. I just love her perspective. Oh. Everything. She's my favorite co-host. Mm. 
all of them. Like every episode with you is good. Sweeties. When Alejandra and Justin were so focused on building their gingerbread camper during the live show. (laughs) That was such a good time. (laughs) And then... And then it died. Okay. Um, when she couldn't stop laughing during the work episode, <laughs> when you said good morning, I think we all know what it was. That's actually, to be really honest, one of my favorite moments. The most iconic for you? Yes, because I just like genuinely couldn't stop laughing. Like if you watch it, I'm like <laughs> covering up the mic because I'm embarrassed at how hard I'm laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God, definitely the Powderpuff Girls. So confidently wrong. <laughs> This is, I mean, it keeps popping up. Definitely Powerpuff Girls moment. Oh, no. (laughs) They quoted you and they go, my mom always likes to tell me I'm biracial. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an early episode. It is. It's probably one of the first. I think it's one of the first ones you were on. (laughs) Um, When you were mixing drinks and she goes, oh my God, Morgan, it's a Tuesday. The violence you're choosing. (laughs) Wait, these are so specific. They remember everything. (laughs) Wow. Her not being able to calculate the age gap when her and her boyfriend (laughs) at the time had the same age gap. (laughs) It's because we're bad at math. That's so bad. (laughs) Talking about kids and you were reminding her of pics she had with kids at a wedding. And she goes, those kids are different, Morgan. (laughs) They are. They are. It was so cute. I'm literally like crying over here. This is ridiculous. All of her one-liners. Queen of comedy. Whoa. Whoa. Queen of comedy. (laughs) Okay. Um, How she doesn't feel motherly towards children because she didn't get to be a child heart. Oh. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. (laughs) God, I love you guys. All of them. She's my favorite co-host again. Oh, my God. When you guys are trying to match energy on the perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) Oh, and we were like, (laughs) we were completely off. So wrong. (laughs) Love the way she speaks her mind, but can see all the angles. She always says things with such elegance. I love the way she articulates things. That's a personal fave. Latest is realizing secondhand anger slash sadness and happiness is describing empathy. (laughs) (laughs) That's you too. You're coming down with me. I struggled. Her saying respectfully, fuck them kids, then crying of laughter. Mm -hmm. Um, The pathological liars episode. LOL, me finding out her last name was Nagel and not Angel. So, okay, let me take an opportunity because now there's one created. I've had a bunch of people message me being like, I thought this whole time that your last name is Angel. What? Yeah, because if you flip the N and the A, it's Angel. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm perfect. But basically. But I'm pretty close to being an angel. And last but not least, every Alejandra moment has been my favorite. She's such a queen. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. That's so emotional. Literally sitting over here bawling. I know. Okay, I'm going to look like a raccoon the rest of uh, your your episode. It's good. It's good. You look good. And I also like, I forgot to tell you this earlier about the way you matched your eyeshadow to your sweatshirt. And I, I'm i willing to bet you didn't try. Oh, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's perfect. I was having an orange moment today. Love it. A burnt orange. Yeah. It's just... I a rust, know. if you will. It's probably not the color for my skin tone. I want to do one of those skin things where they put all the yeah. colors on you and tones. Yeah. But... um No, yeah. I, I think it is exactly your color. It's a good time. 
Okay, take it away. That was beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for those kind words. It's really encouraging to hear. As Morgan knows, I have like breakdowns (laughs) where I like am convinced everyone hates me and I'm like getting voted off the show every week. But it's this isn't Survivor. I know, I know. But sometimes it's just you get your in your own head and you question whether or not people like what you say or like identify or resonate with you. So that was really sweet. <laughs> what, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> I've had a fucking week, guys. I have to rewatch that. The way you did it was so. <laughs> this is why I use straws. Do you want to go grab one? No, fuck it. Okay. Let's go. I'm sorry, but that was so funny. You can't cut that. Sorry. You can't. This is <laughs> my, do, my episode. I'll do a zoom on it just for you. Thank you. All right. Let's get into it. Am I the asshole? for giving one daughter more inheritance. My husband and I have two daughters. Let's call them Emma, 32 female, and Sam, 29 female. My husband died of a stroke two years ago, and he left everything to me. I'm rewriting my will as well in case something happens to us. Originally, everything was split 50-50 between the girls, but now I'm splitting about 70-20 in favor of Emma. Emma has ADHD and isn't doing great in life. In those days, everyone just assumed she was lazy and she didn't get the help children get today until she was in her teens. She just finished high school and is working at a retail store as a stalker. It's backbreaking and she doesn't have much in the way of savings or anything. Her car was her father's when he passed. Sam works in tech as a project manager and her husband is a doctor. They live in a million dollar house and have two kids. I'm not worried about Sam. She's always been very capable and excelled at everything. She was always the overachiever, and I don't think she needs help financially. Her and her husband probably take home $500,000 after taxes a year. I want Emma to inherit the house and the car when I pass. I think it will be good for her because she can live in it or sell it and buy another one. Sam will be fine, and her and her husband have several houses in a summer home. But Sam is angry with me because I've made it clear that Emma gets most of our belongings. The bank savings and stocks will go to Sam, but if I live to 80s, she won't have too much probably 20 to 30% of what the house is worth. But I think it's fair because she's doing much better. Sam called me to yell at me saying I'm favoring Emma. I reminded her of how much worse off Emma is than her, but she said that since they were both her daughters, she should get things 50-50 or it's favoritism. She said I should will half of the inheritance to her children for college funds, but I reminded her she makes more and she can save for them. I told her it's not about favoring Emma over her, but Emma is worse off and she will be fine, which resulted in her hanging up and refusing to come over for Christmas. Am I the asshole? Oh, I I first started off and I was like, yeah, a 70-20 split, Mm -hmm. which I don't know where the other, you know, 10% charity, whatever she's doing. But I think it's really hard because this will was written when her husband was alive. And so it was also his intention to have his daughters equally share their Mm -hmm. assets and everything. So it's hard when one partner goes first and then the will is changed kind of without their decision Mm -hmm. involved. But I get having ADD. It's something I really struggle with. And I get having to like work harder and, you know, go the extra mile to get, you know what, it might take someone who doesn't have that a quarter mile to do. I have Mm -hmm. to go a mile and they go a quarter mile. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like Emma is really young and she's got a lot of opportunity, a lot of life ahead of her 
ahead of her to get to that other place where her sister is. But I don't know. I think I think if you want to make sure she's going to be okay, I think you, you, one, you leave her the house if it's paid off. She doesn't have to worry about a place to live. She can afford the property taxes, hopefully. And if she can't, she could sell it to buy a more affordable house. But I think leaving like everything to Emma, I would feel like I was getting slapped in the face by my mom. I would feel like there's heavy favoritism at play. It's I, not a good feeling. No, not at all. Um, so a couple things. I don't know if this makes a difference. Emma's older than Sam. Oh, really? Yeah. So Emma's 32. Sam is 29. Oh, my God. I totally mixed their ages I, up. I did, too. That's why I went back and looked. So, Damn. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't know if that changes the calculus for you. Uh, it, it makes me... You know, whatever she's going to do at the end of the day, it's her fucking money. Yeah. But it does make it, I think, even more so, like, leave Emma the house, Mm -hmm. leave her a little extra, but not 70%. Like, if you want to do 60-40, that's a little better Mm -hmm. than what she's offering. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, just because the other daughter is in tech and making a shit ton of money— it's still not fair, and it's also not what your husband intended. I That is a really good point that I actually didn't consider when I first thought about this one, about how the husband or you know weighed in on the will that was 50-50 and then didn't get a say in this new split. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really valid point. I guess some might argue when he passed, it's now the wife is now the beneficiary, and it's kind of like hers to reallocate, yeah. if you will. Which is true. Which is true, because things change, right? Like— after the dad's passing, Emma or Sam could do something really, really like terrible. Yeah. To, you know, anyway, that's a whole nother story. It's hard to weigh in on this because I personally haven't written a will or. Oh my even, God, we all need to. Even thought about like, who would I leave anything to? Mm-hmm. I This has crossed my mind though, kind of recently even because my great aunt passed away and like really the only people who were left are like her, um, what would they be? Nephews. Mm-hmm. And that was my dad and then his two brothers. It used to be three, but one had just passed right before that. Anyway, and she like allocated to them based on certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I thought of like, well, does she factor in like how much? Because there's huge income discrepancies between them. And it it sucks because, you know, let's be honest, the world that we live in is a merito- meritocracy. I don't know that word. I'm sure you're right. It's a word. I just don't think I'm saying it right. A system that like rewards skill and rewards achievements, right? Yeah. So whatever the big word for that is. And so, you know, some people are like, you know what? In this world, it's you got to, you know, eat what you kill, dog eat dog. Like they were technically raised in the same environment. Like Emma, who has ADHD, should in theory obviously has this additional like, I don't know much about ADD or ADHD. Mm -hmm. But you know, obviously it's one more thing that she has to kind of work through. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, you know, some might be like, well, why is Sam being, for very blunt lack of better words, punished or like penalized for being an overachiever? Like now her inheritance is getting slashed because she did all of these things. And so it's like, I really, I know I always accused of like, being devil's advocate, but I really do see both sides. I do. I'm really one. torn on this one. Yeah. I because if it was me personally, because like 
I mean, the same could be said for like my little brother and me. Yeah. And Morgan, you're 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 doing so great. Yeah. And you know your other brothers aren't mm-hmm. whatever. And it's right. like for me, if I got cut out of like my family farm that I love so much. And my mom was like, I'm going to give the farm to Matt and Taylor completely. Yeah. Because you're doing so well. I would be beyond livid. I'd be so hurt. Yeah. And it's not even about doing better because honestly, I look at like previous crashes, like the 2008 housing market where people lost their homes, their jobs. Like we're on the brink of a recession. Yeah. Anything can happen. All of that could be taken from Sam. That's a really good point. And she works in, I think they said tech. So they? how many people just got laid off in tech? Yeah, tech right now. So it's, and the husband's a doctor. Okay, maybe like, but I mean, even doc, you know, during COVID, like being a doctor was, it's hard, hard. In, the healthcare, in the healthcare industry. But like, I don't know. I I really struggle with this one because I same thing you just said, Morgan, is like my brother, he's younger than me, first yeah, of all. Yeah, same I've with mine. had an adult job for longer. So arguably it's, it would make sense that I've been able to like, make more of a living for Mm -hmm. myself than my brother. But my brother also does have some form of like ADD, ADHD. Mm -hmm. We've known that. I forget which one it was when he was growing up. So it's like my parents could make that same argument, right? So it's tough. But but yours is unique because you have ADD. Yeah. And so it's like, but you're still the overachiever. So it's kind of, you're almost like the (laughs) exception here because it's almost going to show like, is that enough for Emma to be overcompensated? I don't know. I think everyone's manifests so differently. And like, it's just like, it's so funny how much we relate to this because my little brother's dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's no, it's literally, it's preaching the choir. And I think, yeah, like, is it worth 10% extra? Is it worth giving her the house? Because, okay, Sam, Sam has how many houses? Three fucking houses. She's got a big ass mansion and a summer home. Several houses and a summer home. Yeah. So Sam doesn't need a fucking house. So give Emma the house and then other stuff like fit, like divide a little more fairly, like 60, 40. So this is where it's getting into the weeds. I think that is kind of the split. And I think that turns into a seven. That's what makes the 720. Oh, the house. I think because Emma gets the house and the car and then Sam gets... Well, how 20 much, to 30%. How big is this house? Like, what are we talking here? Like, it's, That's where I don't it's know. It's a two-bedroom in like a suburb in Ohio? Or is this like know. a mansion in the Hollywood Hills? I don't know. What are we talking house here, lady? I gotta know. I don't know. But let's dive into some comments. Okay. And I do, okay. this, maybe the comments will get into this, but I do think that like the way that the mom did this wasn't great. So it's just, it just, it doesn't feel great. It, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't leave both daughters feeling loved and respected. I do appreciate the fact, though, that she told them up front. And so this isn't something that, like, comes to light when she dies. True. Because they have to duke it out now. Yeah, because that's one thing that tears families apart is, like, money and death and all the assets after. But, I mean, it's tearing them apart now. So it's, like, it doesn't really matter. For sure. Um, Okay, top comment underwhelms me, to be honest. But I got 14,000 upvotes. Hmm. And the comment is, might be better to put Emma's in a trust than give it to her outright. So it's like a suggestion. Yeah, which honestly could be smart if Emma's got a track record of not managing money well. And yeah, like people do that with their um, adult children with disabilities. Like I have one family member that their son has Down syndrome. And so what they did is they actually bought him a home and then like hired a team 
to work in the home. So it's like a group home facility. And like essentially the house gets paid for by having other people live there too. Oh. Because they wanted to make sure they were like he was going to be taken care of after they pass. Yeah. And they're old. They're almost 80. And, you know, their son now is, I think, 58. So like they were setting him up. Yeah. Obviously, Emma has... ADHD like we have no idea what that looks like for her but there's ways you can protect your children if you're really that worried about them exactly um this next comment I actually do really like and it kind of touches on what I was getting at here so I'm not a professional but that sounds like a good idea and they're responding to that comment of putting in a trust yeah also maybe it would have helped if OP had first invited the younger daughter younger daughter being Sam mm-hmm. over for coffee and explained her predicament to her her daughter is also a mother and might be able to relate to the issue more than if she had thought of how she would feel if she had her own children in the similar situation yeah maybe the daughter would do something completely different more along the lines of what she says would happen now but it would be but it would open the discussion from a mothering view not a daughtering one mm-hmm OP could have at least had her over to chat in person now and talk to the mother side of her daughter, not the daughter side of her daughter, not to persuade or change her mind, but to show it from a mother's perspective, whatever it is that the OP ends up doing. Yeah, I do like I do think that would have been beneficial, but I don't think it. I think if I was in Sam's perspective too, like being the younger kid and still having to grind and work your ass off because yeah. it's no easy feat to get where Sam is. Yeah. I mean, you got to grind in school. You got to yeah. grind up the corporate ladder. You mm-hmm. have to work your ass off. It, It's not like she's had this smooth ride just because she doesn't have ADHD. Yeah. And from her perspective, it might feel like, well, fuck, why did I try so hard? Yeah. It, it, why did it, I try so hard? That's what I mean about the system that rewards hard yeah. work is like, it, and I, a lot of people feel that way about like taxes, right? They're like, I make all this money. And then the more money you make, like, mm-hmm. especially in California, yeah. like tax the top rocket, you know, yeah. kind of different, but a little bit like similar parallels yeah, here absolutely. where it's like you hit a certain threshold where now your success is being viewed as like a detriment, like yeah. in some ways, right? And the right perspective, I think, would be like for me, at least, I would be like, I know I'm doing really well. I don't really need this. Like, I personally would be okay. I yeah. think if my mom came up to me and said, and this is a hypothetical because my brother's actually really good at managing money. But anyway, if my mom came up to me and said, hey, Alejandra, you know, the will is going to favor in Ryan because, you know, you have one, like five years on him and five more years of income. Two, yeah. like you're in a like high paying market. Like you do well for yourself. Whatever the story is, right? I'm making things up. I would be like, you know what? You're right. Love my brother. Want him to be set up for success. Yeah. I don't operate from a mindset of scarcity, so I know that I can go make more money. But one thing I want to highlight that we haven't really talked about is they're factoring in Sam's husband into this like income, which I understand. But that's people get not- divorced every day. Bingo. They get divorced every day. You should analyze this on apples to apples, like Emma and Sam. Don't count. I know she's married, so it's like a joint thing. Emma could marry a billionaire tomorrow. Emma could marry a billionaire tomorrow and Sam could be, he could file for divorce tomorrow. Yeah. And Sam could have to pay alimony. You never know. You never know. So it's not fair to kind of like, yeah, use the fact that her husband is a doctor. No, it's really interesting. I think like when it comes to tangible items, like money, if this were me, I'm not so, I don't know, peeved about the money, but it's like, I want to still inherit like family heirlooms. I still... 
I don't know. This is just fucking, this is hard. Here's one that I'll read. The most important thing in this issue isn't the money at all. That's a symbol of the inequality of care for the girls. It's the way the money's been wielded, is being wielded, and is to be wielded in ways that don't even seem to be trying to foster independence on the part of Emma as much as being spent on her like attention or love. Paying half someone's rent is a way of helping, but also a way of fostering reliance on the one that is paying rent. Mm. Where is OP's plan to help foster independence? She hasn't mentioned one in her comment, and I've seen and asked if there was one. The OP says the bulk of her estate is mainly the house and the car, which are to be left to Emma. Sam gets the leftover stuff. Okay, how much is the car worth and how much is the house worth? Yeah. She has ADHD, which is a wild card. She could very well sell the house and spend the money, and then where will she be? Or she might just keep the house and live in it just fine. Who knows? What OP needs to be working on is less about the will and more about fostering Emma's independence and repairing her relationship with Sam. Absolutely. She's not really doing her best for either one of her daughters, just doing more of the same old, same old. Yeah, enabling. And I completely agree. It's hard not knowing really about what her ADHD looks like for her and her yeah. deficits and how she, you know, functions on an occupational basis. But I, I don't think I can say it any better than that comment, honestly. Yeah. That was perfect. Because it's perfect. You got to set your kid up for success. And if it's it's no different than, you know, if you do your son's laundry every day, yeah. are they ever going to learn how to do their laundry? No. Mm -hmm. Why? They don't have to. No. So make sure Emma can take care of herself while you're still here. Mm -hmm. It's like that old, we all know it, like give a man a fish, he oh eats for God. a day. Yeah. Teach a man a fish, he eats for a lifetime. I probably butchered that. No, I think you had it right on. Really? Yeah. It's not a two-hour takes episode unless we butcher a saying, though. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we got to butcher one later then. But I, the consensus is that this is really split. You know? it's a, this is probably one of the harder ones. It is hard because— It's really interesting. You can see it if you're—you know, you can see it from so many different angles. Yeah. There's also a lot of details that we still need. But I think that last comment really hits on something that we didn't really yeah. hit on is that, like— it's kind of just throwing a bunch of money at her and hoping for the best. That's 1,000% what it feels like. Yeah. Instead of like devoting the resources to like, we don't know what it is that Emma struggles with in terms of her ADHD. Like how is it affecting her? Does she mm -hmm. have like impulsivity with money? Does she like, is she too focused to stick with a job? Like we don't know. It like you said, it manifests itself so differently. Everyone. Yeah. So until we as like the, the passive audience know those things, it's really hard to weigh in here. Yeah. But... Hard one. It's so hard. Money I'm just family. like, I'm going down a little downward spiral of questions right now. It's, I'm so confused. This one, I think for us, like you and I, yeah, hits hard because we know that one day there will be a similar situation. And I hate to think about a day where my parents aren't here, but Ugh, gives me anxiety. I mean, my parents have wills and I'm, I have no idea what that yeah. looks like. Like, you know, so, and like you mentioned, sometimes you don't know until it's over. I know. I know. I like I something I really talk to about my parents and like even my dad because like we we collect this furniture together and that's like our thing. And he wants. Not going to drop the design. No, absolutely not. Someone commented recently. Have we figured it out yet? No. Someone, no one has. Someone literally messaged me and they're like, I'll pay you $20 to tell me. That's it? And I'm like, I'm I'm sorry. I Bit can't. it up. I was like, I can't trust you. Bit it up. I love you, but I can't trust you. Yeah, no. No, it's it's not. Honestly, you can find it. It's on like first dibs and cherish. Like it's it's all over the place. But if you do figure out what it is, I have not ever paid a cherish or first dibs price. I get all of my little babies on offer up Craigslist, eBay, Facebook Marketplace. Ooh. 
wow. I'm a bargain girly. But so we um we <laughs> collected okay. this furniture together. Yeah. And so I talking to him, I'm like, can we please make sure that you know, me and you have this connection. Can you make sure in your will that I get the furniture? Because mm-hmm. I know my brothers, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they would sell it. it. They would literally just sell it. Really, really? You're you're like sparking ideas in my head now. I didn't yeah. think about the shit Ryan's going to try to like pawn off. Yeah. yeah. And I love my brothers. <laughs> I love you guys. But I yeah. know you don't give a fuck about the credenza with the burl, the velvet green chairs. You don't care. It's like they would just be like, give me my money. Yeah. So it's yeah, you're right. It's like when it's sentimental stuff like that, always like ask your people ahead of time. And it's it feels really morbid. It feels weird, but it's it's better than feeling like shit when they're gone and you don't even have that thing to remember them by. Wow. So I should go find out who my dad's gonna leave his like vintage limited edition Porsche to. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to go duke it out with Ryan later today. Honestly, <laughs> well, and something we've talked about, you know, it's like with the farm, like I want to preserve the farm. Like, yeah. I love my family. Like, farm, it's... Not, I almost said estate. It's not an estate. <laughs> the estate? We <laughs> literally just had a metal building fall down because of so much snow in Minnesota. We got, like, Whoa. two feet of snow in a weekend or whatever, and the building collapsed. So it's not it's not nice. But it means a lot to me. And yeah. so I've, like, talked, and, like, Taylor's, like, I want to sell it. And my brother Matt's, like, let's build storage units on it. And I'm, like, wedding venue, wedding like, venue. Preserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a conversation too, where it's like, if you appreciate something and another family member doesn't, you could always buy them out. Yeah. Like, yep. that's an option too. That's absolutely. And that happens. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, it, it's not always as expensive as it sounds. As it sounds. Yeah. No. Well, we got very tangential on that one. I like it. It's not a two hot takes show without tangents. I know. I know. I just, but I'm excited to see what we have next. I know. Okay, this one. Let's move it along. Speaking of morbid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why am I so nervous? No, it's not that morbid. I feel like I I like know you so well that I feel like I know your take on that is going to be. Yeah. What your take is going to be. Okay. So I'm curious. Um, okay. <laughs> And you'll know why. Okay. Okay. Am I the asshole for pretending not to recognize my parents when they try to reconnect? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. I was raised mostly by my uncle and aunt. My older sister developed a serious illness when I was six, and my parents decided that they couldn't care for both of us, I guess. So they kind of unceremoniously dumped me at my grandparents, and my uncle took me in. Like, didn't even explain to me what was going on. Just, you're going to go visit Grand for a while. Air quotes. What the fuck? And never picked me back up. Okay. My grandparents and uncle explained it later, and they were pretty livid at my parents. I've seen my parents maybe five times since then, and not at all for the last nine years. I decided to stop having contact with them when I was 12, and since I was the only one reaching out, all communication broke down. It turned out okay. I love my aunt and uncle, and it turns out they can't have kids, so they've always said I'm their miracle kid. I was just misrouted by the stork at first. Oh, my God. That's so cute. (laughs) I was formally adopted by them when I turned 18. I wish it had been earlier, but there were some red tape things that would have made that really expensive and difficult. I'm 21 now. 21. Can you do something for me? (laughs) Can you? Okay, wait. Your computer's going to die. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. My sister passed away between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I made a trip back from school for the funeral, but I stayed in the back and left before my bio parents could talk to me. They called my uncle and tried to talk to me, but I said I didn't want to, so he told them that I wasn't available at the moment. 
They finally caught up to me over Christmas when I went to midnight mass with my gran and approached me and tried to give me a hug. Mm. I did recognize them, but I pretended not to and just backed off and said, sorry, do I know you? I love it. They said, we're your parents. And I said, my parents are at home and went and sat down with my gran. They sat behind us and I could just feel the stare. And on the way out, they were like, you really don't recognize us. And I said, Mm -mm. oh, are you my dad's brother? I think I remember you from when I was little. I love this. I absolutely love this. This is the perfect justice. Justice was served. I knew it. I love this. This is like the most wholesome fucking story for me. (laughs) This is Morgan's wholesome. All right, let's close the (laughs) loop. It's so sick. It's so twisted. (laughs) My grand thinks they deserve it. Yes. Trying to come back to my life like nothing happened. But they wrote me a long letter about how hurt they are and how I should understand that they were trying to do the right thing and how they will always be my parents and I can't change that. Other family members think I was too harsh as they're grieving, but I don't think they should get a pass just because they remembered me now that my sister is gone. Yeah, no, they absolutely do not get a pass. When you choose to have kids, it doesn't matter if one becomes sick, you have kids, plural, and it's really, really hard. You can't sacrifice one kid to save the other. Mm-hmm. Like you need to make sure both kids are still accommodated and cared for and loved. And to just drop a what, a six-year-old off and say, oh, you're going to go to Grand's for a while? Yes. The, a six-year-old? What the hell is wrong with you? Six. What is wrong with you? And then to the fact where I think at 12, OP said, I was the one constantly reaching out. A 12-year-old shouldn't have to be the one reaching out to their parents yeah. after they abandon them. Yeah. This is disgusting. I know. Thank God for the grandma and the oh. aunt and uncle who formally adopted OP. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Fuck the parents. They're not parents. Just because you birthed a child yeah. doesn't make you a parent. No. Bingo. Absolutely not. Well said. Blech. Barf. No, seriously. You make a good point. Like... Bio parent, bio mother, sure, maybe for life. But parent, that's a role that needs to be played mm-hmm. from start to finish. Yeah. You don't get to half ass it for six years, then pass it off like a baton. Yeah. For, and then when they finish the race, oh, congratulations, teamwork. Like, no. No. Well, and it's the fact that they're only reaching out now that their daughter died. Right. Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. It's really shitty. It's really sad. But, you know, you still could have made an effort along the road. You didn't. It doesn't sound like they invited OP to any holidays. It's it sounds like it was literally here. We're dropping you off and that's it. Mm -hmm. It's like it doesn't work like that. It's so fucked up, too, that they wrote OP a letter and we're like, we're so hurt. Yeah. What about me? You're so hurt. What? Yeah. The, The delusion, the absolute delusion in the entitlement i think that sometimes and i know we've talked a little bit about this by way of enmeshment which that's a whole nother topic but like sometimes it seems like parents because they birth you there's a sense of entitlement oh yeah that can span any age Mm -hmm. whether you're four or 40 there's an entitlement and especially for me you know it's funny you say like one of the comments that you had read that 
you that one of the listeners said was my favorite moment is that my mom reminds me that I'm biracial. My mom also likes to remind me that she brought me into this world. And she can take you out of it. And she can take me out of it. I used to hear that saying all the time. I was actually like, just going to mention murder it. me. Like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> right. right. Are you threatening to like hire a hitman? Come like, at me, bro. Yeah, let's fight. Do it. Let's throw some hands. Let's go. Come on. Bring it on. Exactly. But you as, like, do it. especially like in like having a Latina mother, like I know anyone listening out there. There's like a little bit more of like a kind of a sense of like, you know, the family, the family's just very close yeah. in Latino communities. And sometimes your mother can be very like, I don't want to say overbearing, but kind of like very involved mm-hmm. and very like that. that's how my mom is, was always, at least for me. And some parents take it a little too far is where I'm going with this. And that's clear here with thinking that they can come back a decade later. Mm-mm. And essentially be like, we are your parents. Like that's a title that you un- you forfeited. Yeah, they did. I'm so happy for OP in the sense that I, I if they were me, that moment would feel so satisfying to be able to be like, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. To play dumb, I would just, I would. I knew it. I would get such satisfaction out of that. And I hope, I honestly hope it gives OP some closure too. Yeah. Like, I hope it, because that's not, they didn't have an easy life. Yes, it ended up okay. And they had other amazing family that, you know, took them in. And maybe they even had a better life and a better childhood. Because it's, it almost like, it reminds you of like My Sister's Keeper almost where. I didn't see that. um, It was like an older movie where uh, this couple found out their daughter was really sick. And so they had another daughter to essentially be their other daughter's like organ donor and (gasps) like blood marrow donor it's a really interesting movie but the other kids in the family like their lives suffered because of the one that was sick Mm -hmm. and that's that's understandable like if you have one sick child you obviously need to spend more time more resources Mm -hmm. trying to get that child better or making adaptions in your life so that child can still function and flourish and all these things but again it doesn't need to come necessarily at the complete disregard of your other kids. Yep. I guess we're kind of assuming, but you chose to have two children. Mm -hmm. You chose to have two children and you know that nothing is guaranteed. And the older sister was not born with that illness, developed the illness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you've already been raising two children. Like you said, you have to make adaptations to make it work. Life changes. People are not like static their whole lives. Like health and everything can fluctuate. I mean, it's irresponsible, to be honest with you. So Yeah. What are the comments on this one? I feel like Reddit probably ate the shit up. They ate it. They ate. <laughs> no crumbs. All right. <laughs> Top comment. Not the asshole. Are you my dad's brother? Was pure class. It's iconic. 45,000 up votes. Honestly, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. OP, if you're out there, you hear this. You are iconic. To be able to think that quick. I know. I oh. know. You know what? It's funny. You And I'll, I'll read some of the clapbacks here because they're funny, but when you were talking about like a moment of closure, mm-hmm. I know that everyone out there has fantasized about a moment where they left a bad breakup. I know it's different than this. These are like your parents and you dream of that moment where you can like deny them oh, or they yeah. come up to you and they're like, Ole, I've missed you or something. And you're like, who? Who? Are you looking around? Oh, are you talking to me? I think you have the wrong person. Yeah. Sorry. She's not here anymore. She can't come to the phone. Like <laughs> everyone fantasizes about that moment. And yeah. I feel like, 
similarly, they felt like they fantasized about the moment where they could kind of like, I don't want to say take their power back. Like it's some like power struggle game. It kind of is deeper than that. But there's, they, I mean, the way that they wrote this, they felt rejection. They felt like their parents had abandoned them. They They stopped reaching out because they were the only one making the effort. The beautiful thing is here is that this uh, OP was like miracle child for their aunt and uncle, which I think That's beautiful. It's beautiful. But um, so, you know, are you my dad's brother, pure class? And then someone says, and it's technically correct with the adoption. <laughs> and someone said the best kind of correct. And then somebody linked our, uh, the like r slash accidental, accidental future karma, I think is what they meant to oh. say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then they said, actually, this was this one was intentional. And then this is a good one. Another comment says, yeah, their line of will always be your parents and you can't change that. Well, actually, you can with this piece of paper. Yep. Absolutely can. The law begs to differ. Adoption is legally binding. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mom. Yeah. Uh, person who delivered me. You'll always be that person. But yeah. to wear the hat of parent. To own the title of my mom. Mm-mm. No, you I gave love that this. up. Yeah. I love this. Sad, but it did have a happy ending. It had, you had mentioned like a future karma. Mm-hmm. This is kind of that. Yeah. Like instant karma. Karmic justice. Karmic justice. We yeah. love to see some poetic justice. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's just kind of team like, you're not the asshole. You handled this. I love it. In a way that was iconic, funny satisfying this was a really good find yeah this was a really good find thank you well thank you thank you for coming on episode 100 thank you for coming on the past i don't know probably 30 25 whatever you've done i i wouldn't like i said i wouldn't be here without you i appreciate you so much love you oh it's just so crazy crazy absolutely how's it feel to be in the hot seat i like it over here do you yeah i think we'll make it a regular thing okay interesting yeah you're good at um you're really good at comprehension. You would have done really great on the LSAT. I, um, you remember those like tests we had to take in Minnesota all the time? That, yeah. I forget yes. what they are. MP something. I'm, I'm, yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And we, we didn't have the SAT. We had the ACT. Yeah. I got a perfect score on reading. Same. So that's why like I can, if I read it, I remember all the details, but I like really have to sit here to listen. No, you're really good at comprehension. You really good. Like I, I read this and I would like, you would repeat details that I'd be like, oh yeah. And you don't even have in front of you. So although Morgan and I are not very good at math. We can read. We can read. We can read. We can read. We're better than Leah Michelle. (laughs) Oh my. Just kidding. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's your segment. Hundo P. Bring in the next victim. (laughs) Switch them out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and look at Morgan. I've, I've actually hijacked the show from her today. Welcome to Am I the Asshole? Am I the Asshole for Hijacking the Show? That's right. It's two hot takes. So am I the asshole for hijacking her show? See, her show is totally different than FKS, but uh, we're going to have fun. Now, one of the new things that goes on here, and she'll cut all this out, is I have never read a story. I'm dyslexic. So the story will probably get totally read backwards, which will be interesting. So this is, again, very unconventional show for uh, two hot takes because I'm uh, I'm not as hot of a take as some of the other takers. Uh, don't sell yourself short. You fire some people up sometimes. So this is a little different. I'm going to read to you guys. And trust me, this is going to be a real effort for me. I may, uh, you know, I like to be not pessimistic, but, you know, it's going to be an experience. So, <laughs> Well, before you get going. I just want to let you guys know, I'm because I, you know, I don't want to set myself up to be a failure. I'm trying to always do self-improvement. I'm really going to give this a shot and see if I can do it. AK, he's nervous and he's trying to warn you guys that because of his dyslexia, he's not the best reader. But you're pretty good, so you'll be okay. And I have some nice compliments to maybe pep you up a little. Oh, I can't wait to hear them. So I asked, and this is something I've been doing for everyone, what's your favorite dad moment on the show? And we have some responses. I can't wait. Did they watch my first show? The very first one you came on here? No, the very first two hot takes when we were in the other room. When we, I'm it, sure they did, yeah. Uh, well, you also have a lot of people that watch your own uh, podcast, Your Father Knows Something. It's very clear in the responses. Okay. So everyone loves your socks. It comes up throughout a lot of these responses. So what socks do you have on today? Well, these are cabs, but I saw them as cars. You got to really hold it up. Oh, well, really? this will be an interesting thing. It's I, I love New York it, yeah. because New York have yellow cabs everywhere. I don't know if they have yellow Ubers. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I, I love my socks. And I thought that we probably need to get some socks for Holly. We have Holly today. Yes, we have a little Holly. And maybe Morgan will somehow splice in a picture. I found a, a picture of Holly when she was like six weeks old. She's and, a little baby. No, she was eight weeks. We waited until eight weeks. Okay. Um, everything. They love you in every episode you're on. Too many to say. Jerry is the goat. I, I thought it was really sweet when he was thanking you and Justin for all the work you do. Yeah. Well, you guys really do. You guys, you guys out there have no idea how much time they put into this thing. It's this, <laughs> this is a full-time job for Morgan. In fact, it's a, it, it's, it's three jobs for Morgan. <laughs> okay. Enough about me. All right. Um, not on THT, but every time he introduces Holly to father knows my heart, mm -hmm. whenever he says, I don't know everything. I only know something. And I'm finding that I even know less. <laughs> <laughs> the next person, literally, they were back to back from two different people. Every time he says, I don't know everything, I only know something. 
When Justin's dad was a guest and someone submitted the plot of an Adam Sandler movie. And I was clueless. <laughs> Again, I don't know everything. His endless support, talking about his socks. I love how close him and Justin have gotten. LOL. It's so wholesome. All of them. Yeah, I love but, but, every episode. But I've loved, I, I've actually really loved Justin from the very beginning, way before the show. <laughs> so that, that, that's a, that was a thing that really happened really in a wonderful way, especially, you know, COVID when we were stuck in the house for four weeks. Before, we all just played beer pong. We played beer pong every We had day. nothing going on. It was great. When he was admiring Justin's dad on the podcast, the socks. When Jerry was counting in different languages. And getting it wrong. Getting every language wrong. Jerry, quote, do all things with elegance. Uh, I, I do believe in that. And by the way, there are a couple of times that I have failed that, guys, and it's not good to be to, to let them get you. <laughs> when, it is not good. When he sat down with Morgan, listened about the past, and apologized, mm -hmm. hashtag dad goals, mm -hmm. everything Jerry is literally perfect, mm -mm. for me is when he talked about being a parent and said something that has stuck with me. What was that? He said, it is what you make it. All of it, the whole experience, and it truly is. And I'm a better parent for that in every situation. Well, you know, you are going to like this one of one of my first reads in this. Go ahead. All of it. He's so freaking wholesome. His podcast always puts me in a better mood. So wholesome. The episode with bad dads y'all did with Jerry. He was so on point. His ugly Christmas sweater this year. <laughs> my Hanukkah sweater. Telling us how we all deserve better. Yes. His socks and everything goes until I say I do. He mm -hmm. is just so funny. All bets are off until you say I do. Yeah, the relationship one. Yep. When he talked about how happy he was to wake up in the middle of the night for you. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> when was that? Was I puking? No, no. I used to wake up in the middle of the night when you were when you were oh, a baby. Oh, when I was a baby. Oh. You were an infant and yeah. you were just, you know. I thought this was a recent experience. No, I mean, when I hear these fathers, <laughs> you know, having a fit because they're, you know, they're, they're, their newborn infant is crying and mom is exhausted. I mean, you know, they work all day. And so, you know, when, when you were crying, it didn't matter what was going on. I would fight to get there first. <laughs> you didn't cry more than a second. I yeah. Mean, it was, it, it has always been that consistent. And even today, I still jumped 22 feet for you. Yeah, you're pretty good. And last one I will read. Oh my God, this was at the live show in LA. Mm -hmm. But when he talked about the chin dildo. Well, coming from the man that had a chin dildo. Oh, thank you. That's were, a classic. We were waiting for that one. That's a classic. That was on your... Uh, I'm going to have to go buy another one of those and just wear it for the show. With the glasses. I mean, with, with, with the headlights. I feel like we would get pulled off of YouTube. Oh, uh, then we won't do it. We could... You could try it. <laughs> We'll put it. We'll put it on one of the other. We'll send you there from one of the uh, yeah. one of the other platforms. You'll put it on your to, channel. I'll put it on my channel. It can go on your channel. <laughs> Very funny. I can't take the risk. Um, but that is all the responses I'm going to read. I just want to say thank you for coming on my show. You're welcome. I'm being a big part of it. Thank you for being in my life. And being a big part of it. When I first started this podcast, I mean, there's a lot of trying times and a lot of tears, a lot, a lot of tears and just a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes. And you came on and you were filling in the guest shoes and you made the show go on. So but I really I'd appreciate like to share it. something with everybody on that note. 
<laughs> it just goes to show you that when things are really at, at odds and you just don't know what's going to happen, things work out. And as long as you just allow it, you will see it's all part of life. It's back to that same statement that someone said, it, it, you just got to live it. Yep. You got to experience it. On that note, I'm going to start my first read. Now, first of all, you all know the rules at, at FKS. I don't pick any of the stories. I don't want to know them before we read them. So Morgan really picked me to come on tonight to get even with me. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> and she says, I'm going, to, I'm going to show him what to do. I'm going to let him see what he can figure it out. So he is going to go pick his own stories. I'm sorry ahead of time, guys. I have no idea what to expect here, but I, you know, I had to hold true. I don't know what's coming and, and here might, we go. It may be a disappointment to you. I'm going to do my best. So just know that I- <laughs> Just shut up and read. You're fine. All right. You ready? You're fine. Okay. Uh, somehow the story got mixed to the wrong one. Here we are. Okay. So it's, am I the asshole for moving to a hotel because my wife's family insisted I sleep on the couch. Now, I think I got that right. I didn't read it backwards. Couch on the sleep. So that was good news. <laughs> okay. My wife and I got married last summer. Her family lives across the country from us. So up until this point, I had never actually visited them. I had met them uh, a handful of times, but we've always gotten along fine. They invited us to come visit and stay with them for a few days, and we took them up on it up on the offer. We flew in yesterday. Everything went well. Her dad and I watched football. Well, that's fun to do. While she caught up with her mom and her sisters. And then we finally had a nice dinner. But things went south at the end of the night when it was made clear that they did not, they didn't want me sharing a bed with my wife <laughs> while in their home. And that they expected me to sleep on the couch. Now, I would imagine Morgan does not want me to insert any of my comments yet. So keep I'm going to keep going. <laughs> By the way, I had a handful of comments for on this, but she won't let me do it. This is her show and I got to behave. I honestly <laughs> thought, <laughs> what? You're, just, you're still adding comments. <laughs> I'm going to shut up and read. I love this show. I honestly thought they were joking at first, but they insisted we sleep separately. I had a problem with the implication that I shouldn't be allowed to sleep next to my wife. And also, I have a, I have a bad back and the couch did, did not look at least bit comfortable. They didn't have a guest room. After arguing back and forth for a bit, I decided to leave and book a hotel. I told my wife she didn't have to come with me. She chose to stay, and I said, I'll come back in the next, I'll come back the next day. I went off to the Marriott about 10 miles away and got a good night's sleep, trying not to let the whole situation bother me. Hell yeah. This morning I called my wife. This can be interesting. This morning I called my wife asking when I should come by. She told me that, <laughs> again, my brain is wandering. She told me that my parents want me to apologize for leaving the way that I did. I told her that I am willing to apologize to keep the peace, but they need to acknowledge that it wasn't appropriate to insist that I can't share a bed with my own wife. She said she'd talk to them and then call me back. Okay. About 10 minutes later, I hear back from her. She. Uh, tells me that not only will they not apologize for it, <laughs> go figure, they are now ins insisting that I, that 
I need to come back and stay on the couch for the rest of our visit. <laughs> if I don't agree to this, I'm not welcome back in the house. I'm pretty livid at this point. I told her th that there is absolutely no chance that I will do that. And I am no longer willing to offer any sort of apology. <laughs> this is a great negotiation. <laughs> My wife's sisters are now bothering me saying this is just the way their parents are that my wife is very upset and I need to just give in and stay on the couch for the rest of the trip before it turns into something sort of a family feud. From my perspective, I didn't care what they think and I'm willing to treat the rest of the trip as a solo vacation. Go sightseeing, meet my wife, and meet my wife back at the airport at the end of the week. <laughs> Am I the asshole? So how do we do this? Since I read it, I, I typically go would oh. go first. I, um, I, I, you know, I try to let my guests go first, but sometimes my guests don't talk, and I have to kind of initiate the conversation. Well, you but have no problem with me on that one. It sometimes <laughs> it sometimes doesn't come across that way in editing, and it, it I feel like I'm talking a lot. So sorry if anyone else feels like that. Um, it does happen, but uh, yeah, not the asshole. I think this is a very weird request. It seems like they're having quite the pissing match between them. And it's weird. I think it's it's understandable if they weren't married. I know some people are traditional and blah, 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 blah. My mom was that way. And then I did get a hotel and she came to the conclusion that she would rather spend more time with me than fight about my boyfriend sleeping on the couch. So, so, she, had, so she had to acquiesce. So the hotel worked. I'll put it that way. Um, so maybe the wife should have gone with. But I don't know. I think this is very, very strange. They're married. So it's like what? Are you just uncomfortable with them having a bunch of sex in your house? Because you can say that versus just, he needs to sleep on the couch. <laughs> They're adults. How old are they again? They don't give the age. No ages? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, the whole thing to me is is so moronic. I mean, I understand, you know, the parents have their, you know, their their Christian values, if you want to call it that, but and, and they don't say that. But the no, bottom, but there, there's a but, lot of religions that but, but don't the, like premarital sex, or but they're these very. Guys, these guys are are married in a. They got married, and maybe they should say, you know, mom, maybe you guys should realize that this might be where we, where we, where, where you where we conceive your first grandchild. I mean, they would probably throw up. I don't know what to say about the, maybe the kid would too. <laughs> I just, I just, I am just lost on this thing. And when I saw it, I said, I just can't, I can't not read this one. No, this is a really good find. I hadn't seen this yet. So that is always really nice. I like being surprised. It is very strange. I, I don't get what their power dynamic is. And it is interesting where he's like, yeah, I'll apologize and you know, whatever, but it is wrong for me to sleep on the couch. But Ah, uh, it's weird. Maybe they just don't trust him. Maybe they, I think it's more about the sex. I think it's more, they don't want to have them have sex in their house. Why? I don't know. Some people don't enjoy listening to other people uh, get give, it on. Give them a pillow. An extra one. What is a pillow going to do? <laughs> <laughs> okay um i don't know i think it's weird that she's not standing with her husband that, more and i thought that too i really thought that she would really say you know mom and dad this is really you this know, is getting ridiculous this is this is crazy yeah and we're way beyond that 
and I'm sorry, this is my husband and we are. The fact that she didn't do that really, you know, struck me funny. Yeah. Well, especially now that this fight is happening, I, you know, let him go sleep at the hotel the first night because what's the difference? You guys are all sleeping. He's not missing out on anything. If he leaves when everyone goes to bed and comes back in the morning for breakfast, what is the difference of him sleeping at the Marriott or on the couch? Nothing. You, and you figured this sleeping. you figured this thing out at the age of 18. Yeah, no. Um I didn't do it until Justin. I I played by the rules and my college boyfriends did sleep on the couch, but I still crept down to the couch and had sex with them down there. So it could have been worse. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't do anything. It could have been worse. You could have made him sleep in the car and it was in the middle of winter. It was winter when he stayed. (laughs) You would would go back and find some different kind of stiffs. Yeah. But I think, you know, it comes with age too. I'm now 28. I'm not 19 or 20 in college. It's a lot different, but yeah, it definitely did. When I drew the boundary that, no, we're not going to sleep apart. We're just going to go get a hotel because that's what we're going to do. That's what she should have It done. came like a certain level of respect where it's like, okay, I get it. I can't control you anymore. I love you. I want to spend time with you. Stay at the house. Stay in your room. Well, that's what should have had absolutely here. And I think that she would have been smarter if she went along with her husband. I do too. And I think now, even after the fact that this is becoming a thing and they're like, he must stay on the couch. I would say, you know what, mom and dad, I love you. We're going to enjoy the rest of our trip, but I'll be staying at the hotel with him and we'll be coming back every morning. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to see us, we'll, we'll come back. It's not a big deal. Well, I don't. This is all about this, power. This power. is con- power it's and control and it's bullshit. Weird power dynamic. Okay. What does the top comment say? The top comment. Where do I find that? I uh, just scroll, <laughs> scroll down a little bit. Not the asshole. Your in-laws are abhorrent hosts. Is that correct? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's their house, their rules, and their rules are stupid. Rather rather than fighting a pointless battle, you set a clear and valid boundary, and they choose to take offense to it. Yeah. They want you to stay in their on their couch because it's a back to the same thing. It's a power play. You're staying in the hotel takes that power away. I thought that was beautiful, by the way. So good. And they can't handle it. In fact, that your wife doesn't have your back. This is a giant red flag. Good luck. And we, we nailed it. We nailed it. I feel very accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there another comment down from that? I believe there is. What does it say? I just saw a similar story like this on pretty revenge. Wait until they come visit you. Offer them a place to stay, but you insist your FI, your what? Father-in-law sleep on the couch. Uh, Your house rules. (laughs) Your house, your rules. I'd honestly, I'd get behind that. I I would actually really force, I would really force the parents to have to sleep together because he might like the fact he doesn't have to sleep with her. I but, don't know. But I would give them a tent in the backyard. We don't have a guest room. We have the tent for you in the backyard and, you know, we'll bring you coffee <laughs> in the morning. That's what I would do. Yeah, that might be going a little too far. And if you leave, you're not welcome back. Um, do you see any comments with big red boxes? Big red boxes? I don't see a red big red box. Someone said, I'm, I see the word in bold. I want to inflict some discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when you refuse to let total control freaks control you. They lose their shit. They couldn't handle OP sleeping in a hotel room being 
hotel and being perfectly at ease and comfortable. They wanted to inflict some discomfort on him and he refused to play along. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think all the comments here really nail it. I think it is a weird power dynamic. Maybe they're traditional, but at this point they're married. Like, I mean, we do see this a lot on Reddit, though, where couples are unengaged and their parents won't let them sleep together. And so I get that. But for these two, they're already married. It's it's totally a power dynamic. Oh, you got more? I got more. Okay. I got more. Okay. I, this was a part of the writing that I, that I probably I, I need to bring out. You're early in your marriage. You've taken the first steps in letting the in-laws know you have backbone. Don't quit now. Their daughter married a man, not a doormat. I, I, I think like that. that is was the most perfect thing that I took away from this thing. And I, I really do want everyone to digest that one and our listeners. Yeah. And I, you know, it's really hard. And this is something that I think I've personally really struggled with. And I, it, I don't know if maybe there's some people out there that have had an easy time with this and can tell me how. But I think there's this really interesting transition in your late 20s with your in-laws or your boyfriend's parents or whoever, you know, your partner's family. And it's really interesting because I've always felt like, who am I to be able to establish a boundary with them? They're older than me. This is my boyfriend's parents. This is my, you know, my partner's family. Like what, who am I to say something or set a boundary? But the reality is like, as we age and get older and get married or are with our partners long-term, we're on the same level as their parents. We have every right to draw a boundary and hold fast to what we want and things like that. So this situation, he absolutely is right in not being a doormat. And a term on Reddit that we often see is like, oh, you have a a shiny spine, huh? You have that shiny new silver spine because it's nice and strong. And I'm glad he... He found his, and I hope he doesn't lose it. Well, I have a story I could share with you. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, you may be aware I've only been engaged once in my life. Yeah. And when I went to go meet her parents, or I went to her parents to, to ask her father for her hand, actually. And they said, you know, yes. Um, they were very, it was from the deep south. They were very, you know, God, God-fearing family. And when I went to go to, and we kind of lived together for the most part before, you know, for a period of like four or five, three or three or four months. Okay. And when I went to her house, all her, her brothers and brother-in-law and father said, you got to take him snipe hunting. Now they knew we were going to sleep together in the room, but what they, what they were going to do is they were going to take me out snipe hunting and tell me how wonderful it is. And you got to get a paper bag and we're going to take you out in the woods and you got to catch these snipes because- What are snipes? It's a good question. I I had a feeling snipes were bullshit. They were, they were make-believe birds. They were going to take me out in the forest, <laughs> get me out there in the middle of nowhere and abandon me and let me figure out how to get home that night. Oh, did, is that what they did? They did. <laughs> However, because I had a feeling that's what this was all about- <laughs> You just walked to the road and hitchhiked to a I, hotel. I went out with them. I knew exactly where I was the whole time. And my fiance at the time also, I, <laughs> I told her what I'm doing. And uh, I said, wait, I'll be back in an hour. And she says, you do know what they're up to. I said, absolutely. I know what they're up to. <laughs> and so we went about, about two miles out. Uh, 
I immediately went back to the house, got back in about 45 minutes, maybe it was an hour. And um, no problem, straight, boom, full moon, bam, back. Okay, cool. And uh, and so when they, you know, they, they came back in, they were drinking beer downstairs, laughing, and we were upstairs having our good time. And I said, I think it's time to go out there and say, where is he? And make them go back out because they're drunk off their asses. Let them go out and find me because I'm lost in the woods and I'm going to get hurt and get eaten by, by, by fire ants or something. From snipes. And uh, she sent them back out. They were out till seven in the morning looking for me. Oh, my God. That's some karma. So there you go. That was my story of, of in-laws and bedrooms. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got to share that story with you. Okay. Well, you got another one. I do. Okay. Number two. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. It also has some of these wonderful little things. This one says, uh, oh, this is the poop knife award. Oh, wow. Remember the poop? Yeah, that, that, I could never <laughs> That's understand That's another that. two hot takes classic. Yes. Uh, I'm the disappointed award. Oh, I'm God. not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's not, read the title. Now I'm scared. Uh, face, face palm award. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Read the He's, title. Am I the asshole for leaving my son's wedding after he denied his stepmom the mother son dance? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Let's go on. Okay. Here we go. My son, Jordan is 27. His stepmom, Natalie came into his life when he was 16. So 11 years ago. His mom has pa had passed away when he was 13, never really considered Natalie as his mom. He refused to let her get close to, and shut down every attempt to have a close relationship. He even moved in with his aunt months after Natalie and I got married. As years went by, they started re reconciling and seeing each other more often. He invited us to his wedding, which took place days ago. We got there and the atmosphere was great until later I found out that Jordan had denied Natalie a mother-son dance instead chose his aunt to dance with him. Natalie told me this minutes later and I couldn't help feel irritated and quite upset. I decided to get up and leave and we both left. I got calls from my family after they saw me leave. Jordan called later and told I told him, why I did it. He got mad and said it was his wedding and that his aunt was basically a mother to him and that Natalie shouldn't expect special treatment. But it's not a special treatment, but a tradition. Besides that he hurt her feelings for no reason other than for the sake of being malicious. He got offended and accused me of ruining his day and causing a scene. Now the family sided with him and said I shouldn't have left no matter what. I'm I'm with the family. Natalie's not his mom. End of discussion. It's called a mother-son dance. Natalie's not his mom. What's not making sense here? What's not clicking in your head? This is a stepmom that came into his life when he was 16. Basically an adult. They're not close. Not close and probably had a lot of other issues so much so that he moved in with his aunt when they got married. There's a lot going on here that OP isn't telling us and trying to play the victim of, oh, he hurt my wife on his wedding day. Oh, 
God forbid. Grow the fuck up. Support your kid. Tell your wife that she's out of line for even being hurt. Like, be supportive. But don't ruin his fucking day. Don't be a douche of a dad. I I happen to agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm as have as much caustic acid to throw on I'm him. I'm mad. But it's just but, like but I will say he's this. already lo- he's lost his mom. What does this mean? So he did get the overall vote of asshole. He did. Good. Got it. Because he lost his mom. So he's already got one parent who can't be there on his special day. And then the other one just fucking leaves. I, I was just curious. I want to throw rocks at him. I just kind of curious why, you know, she just didn't go up to him after, you know, he was done with his aunt and say, can I have a dance with you afterwards and not had a fit and not been childish and not made a big issue of it. Just accepted the fact, look, it's a wedding. And I, I understand that he's, that, that you have a position of being married to his father and that he certainly was a part of your life for the last 11 years. You have two dads mm-hmm. and whatever you decide to do on your wedding, I'm okay with. I get you 365 days a year, basically. And I'm cool with whatever happens. With Matthew, it was the same thing. He had a wedding. I mean, it was, he his his biological dad was there. He was asked to say something. I don't, I don't even remember if he did, but I know that I did. No, he wanted to beat you up because you gave the speech. And, but- <laughs> I, he was mad you gave the speech instead of him. But I, but he could have got up and said something too. And well, he wasn't asked to give a speech either. So, yeah, I I think I think that's like a rational supportive parent, like a lot of good healthy parents would think that same way. Mm-hmm. But I think this is someone who wanted that recognition as, oh, she stepped in after such a tragic loss and she helped raise him. And I, I think she wanted that attention on her. And when it wasn't granted, she threw a fit. Well, that's not being a mom. No, but she's not a mom. She's not. But if, if, if she wanted to have that position, her position should have been total understanding, compassion, and just gone along with the flow. Yeah. Now- that's my that's my thought. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think the dad really blew it here and needs to apologize. And the sad reality is, I don't. If this were me, mm-hmm. you can apologize, but there's not a lot you can do to make up for it. Like the day is the day's gone. The day's gone. So it'll be interesting because this is enough for me. If a parent did this to me, I wouldn't talk to them. Well, I think that he has. I think the father has something to save here. I think he just has to, you know own up to the fact that this was the wrong timing to do such a mm-hmm. thing and no matter what that they love and and she needs to come along too that we love you and we get it and i'm so sorry for for, for that inconvenience and that misunderstanding and it won't happen yeah, i want to be here for you the dad's the one that really needs they to bo- step up though because he's the one that could have easily easily resolved his wife in this and said you know what honey why don't you come out there and dance with me like blah 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 like Absolutely. It's on him. He chose to give in to her pouting and whatever and walk out. But but for this to really heal, she's got to show up and say, you know, I. she's got to stand with him now. Stand with her husband. And, and apologize. And apologize. Absolutely. Okay. What does the top comment say? I'm going to get this where I'm rolling to. Oh, wow. Picked it up fast, huh? Um. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what happened. Oh, it's got a red box too. Where do you see the, oh, this red box. Yeah. I get it. Uh, 
Yes, the asshole. Your wife has never been his mother, and he has every right uh, to not have a mother-son dance with her. I strongly suspect this isn't the first time you've chosen your wife over your son and is probably why he moved in with his aunt. Bingo. If you if you want any kind of a relationship with your son going forward, I very much recommend both of you and your wife's apologies for throwing a tantrum at his wedding. So again, yeah. we're back on we're back on track. And there are a lot of these little boxes now, these little things. Ooh. Let's see. We have ooh, wait a minute. See, I'm just learning about this stuff, guys. Go so, down, go down to the next one. Well, I'm kind of excited because I'm I get to re- see what these are. This oh, is, you're talking about the ro- awards. Th- this is a gold award. That means it's very good. This is a starry award. This is a Bravo award. Yeah, that comment got a lot. This is a rocket like award. <laughs> Why don't you read the next comment since it has a red box too, which okay. means it's very take my very energy good. award. All right, but I like reading all that stuff too. I mean, some of these people never may, may never have done this. <laughs> For Opie's son. <laughs> Certified, what's his, proctologist. <laughs> Guys, I've never, done, I've never been on this, on this, uh, on this, this, this site before. So I'm finding these funny. You literally said to me, you're like, this is a gold mine. And I looked at you today and I go, yeah, this is why I have a show dedicated <laughs> to reading these stories. <laughs> it's a good website. <laughs> For OP's son to have moved in, uh, moved out after only a few months, I have a feeling the reason is because OP and his wife were trying to force him to accept the stepmom as his mom right from the start. And after all that happened, OP's son invites them both to his wedding. And then, and OP has the audacity to demand a mother son dance. Then they leave. When they don't get their way, wow! There's there goes any chance of them mending their relationship. Well, I'm I'm hoping they can mend their relationship, but they they got a lot of work to do. They really do. Yeah, there's like a lot of weird weird stories lately. Certified proctologist. I mean, I'm obviously saying they think that Op's head is up his ass. That's <laughs> the way I interpret uh, oh, that. Oh, that makes sense. Um, But there's been a lot of stories like this on Reddit and TikTok. I've seen some crazy videos, but of people that either lose their partners or get remarried Mm -hmm. and they want their new partner to so badly be accepted as mom. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that's not their mom, Mm -hmm. potentially. Like Mm -hmm. if the kid wants it, let the kid make that decision. Let Let that happen, as you love to say organically but you can't force that you can't force that love that bond that relationship you it needs not. to really come from that child and that's the only way it's going to work when it when when you are the biological parent and you bring somebody on board with you to ride to ride this train of life and they have children and any of you out there that fit that that description the only thing that you can be is a um an adult an adult person to stand next to them should they should they want to call upon you. You can't force yourself upon them. No. You can only be there. And when I showed up in Morgan's mom's life, her brother Matthew was was five. And he had other, you know, male figures that, you know, that she dated before, you know, I came along. And he was, you know, he had his favorite. 
He had Chuck. That was his favorite. And I made sure that I was not going to try to compete with anybody else for Matthew's affection. I just wanted to be there and said, Matthew, I'm just here if you need me. Yeah. If you want to do something with me, I'm here. And I got to tell you, he resisted till he was 20. <laughs> I had 15 years of, of, of a cold shoulder and never really tried, never lost my shit about it. You know, always understood where he was coming from. So you got to be more than patient when yeah. this is going on. And remember one thing, we are the adults. They are not at that time. They are, they are, they're young adults or young kids. They're growing. They're, they're getting trying to form. So all we can do is try to show them what, what you, what they are to grow up in life to be strong, resilient, and patient. Yeah. There's one TikTok I saw and it went pretty viral. And then the stitches and other people talking about it after were really crazy. But there was this story that a woman was sharing about her husband. And she started off by sharing pictures of this other woman pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she goes, that's my baby in there, but that's not me. That's Brooke. That's my husband's wife who died during childbirth. And then like shared the story about this guy who lost his wife, Brooke, and three months later after she died, met her. And six months later, they were married. And she is now this little girl's mom. And a bunch of crazy stuff came out how that girl who married the husband after mm -hmm. was only 19. And he would test her by like having her change the baby's diaper and a bunch of other weird stuff came out, I think, from like friends or whatever, or her sharing. And they don't let that little girl call her mom, mom. They they like make her say, oh, that's Mama Brooke. And the stepmom technically mm -hmm. gets called mom. And it's just this like crazy fucking weird. story. But yeah, I got to show you the video. But there's just a lot of interesting people out there. And it's okay not being your stepkid's favorite person. It's hard. Like it's hard having someone not mm -hmm. like you or it's fawn very, over you, but you, you just have to be patient. Yeah. Just don't force it and just be there, support them, but be, and be yourself and just don't be a dick. If being a dick is yourself, don't be the, don't be yourself then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is story number two. I got, I got more. I know you have more, but here's the thing. Yeah. This is it for the episode. You're going to go over and you're going to read one more for Patreon. Even if it's a fast one and I have more for Patreon? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So everyone, thanks so much for uh, allowing me to be on the show this time. And I, if I said anything backwards, just know that I'm, I am backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you did a really good job reading. Did I? Yeah, you did a great job. Then we'll try it again. Yeah, I think honestly, I think I'm going to let you guys read a little more often. It's been oh, a nice break. Uh, it's a, it is fun. It's it's fun just to be able to sit there and just have, chill. Have it have have the have the ball just come at you and you just put your mitt up and catch it. Yeah, I got my nice little drink. I'm just having a good time. And and I have my drink and it, my drink was was a gift to FKS. Yeah. Uh, the um. It's from Spur S P U R, and it's almost like those little squirt. It's it is a little squirt drink, it's, but it's it doesn't have dye in it. It's healthier and. It's to replace my dad's toxic squirt drinks that he loves. And they're good. And I'm drinking them. I love them. They're amazing. S-P-U-R. Mm -hmm. um, they were sent as a gift. So thank you so much to the listener that did that. 
Um, and, and, you, and you sent me a lot of flavors. <laughs> you really he's very did. excited. I am. I really, yeah. I really, I appreciate him. So uh, we're going to call it a night and we're going to move on to Patreon. So we're please, off to Patreon. So come on with us. Bye. And that is episode 100. Again, thank you all for being here. Thank you for your love, your support, your hot takes, chiming in week after week and just loving this show and all of us. Be sure you're subscribed. And if you've hung in this long, I'm here to tell you that our live show from LA will be dropping on our Patreon. So be sure to head over there if you want to see what it's like to join us in person. Until next time, guys. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.